Yo, what's up, everybody? Hey, what's okay. going on? All right, we're good. Episode to... 116. You okay, Austin? You all right I'm, over there? I'm good. I had the music playing on my computer screen, which I didn't know if it came through on the, the podcast, but hopefully it didn't. It's coming through my headphones. But what up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. Episode 116. We have a really nice, good, interesting episode today. We hope all you enjoy it. And we're at a different time. so It's nice and it's good. And it's, it's nice interesting. and it's good. It's interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's all the above. Everything you want out of a podcast, we got a few today. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm really fascinated with this guest and been following him a bit lately on his YouTube channel and his perspective on a lot of things and just digging into his stuff. And uh, yeah, this should be a really fun episode. So uh, looking forward to it. And yeah, stoked. But before we get into it, you know, I have to do my thing. I have to do my spiel. If you're watching this for the first time, please like us on our social media pages. Go to our Instagram, give us a follow, go to our YouTube play page, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. Please leave a comment, share it. We have uh, iTunes. If you like what you're listening to, give us a five-star review, give us a comment. Um, you know, all that stuff helps. The interactions help boost us in the algorithmic, the algorithmic process. Um, we have a Patreon. You can be a Patreon for as little as $3 a month. When you become a Patreon, you can watch you get access to special content, exclusive content. We have inside outs, which are trick tips. We have three pieces that Austin just filmed one recently and put in up the mesmers. Which, in the mesmers, which is really cool. And the messies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we do, we watch sections with our guests afterwards and ha they have commentary on the sections. And every month we do a random drawing that you could win something from our online store, whether it be a mug, a t-shirt or a hat. So please uh, consider being a Patreon. Uh, like I said, you can be one for as little as $3 a month and you get access to our little Patreon community, which is pretty fun. So yeah, that's my spiel. And if you're watching us live, please hit the like button. Little but it's growing. We have like 315 or so Patreon supporters, which is, that's pretty sick. That's huge. So thank you everyone for supporting. We have a few new people to shout out this week. We have a big shout out to Daniel Zatarin, <clears throat> Shane Coburn, which is pretty cool. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. Shane Go Coburn. Shane Coburn. Yeah. Fucking yeah. crazy. Mind nice. Game. Mind Game. Yeah. For those Mind who game, don't know. Medium. Yeah. Hell medium. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Dozer, Channel Cross, Jonathan, Rechopi, depending on where he's from. Rechopi. I don't know how to say that. Sorry. Matt Taylor, Marcin, Deverwanko, and this isn't even like a name. Shapostekud. Maybe it is a name. Shapostekud. Might uh, be a name. Might be Austin. a name. Come I don't. On. I don't know. If, I don't know if it is though. I looked into it. Tried to get the real name out of like okay. email or okay. something like that. Um, but yeah, thank you all for supporting our our Patreon. We're also adding something new to the Patreon, which we're starting with this episode. Um, we know since we're doing this live, not everybody can uh, watch live and and ask questions to our guests if they want to. So if you're a Patreon supporter and you're in a different time zone, you can't watch it live. You're able to ask a question, and we're gonna do some of them on the show starting today. So if you're a Patreon supporter, keep that in mind for next time, just in case you can't watch it live and you're interested in our guests. So we're going to open up later on to some of our Patreon questions and thank you all for supporting uh, us on Patreon. It's huge and it helps us going. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a WTF with Mr. Cameron Talbot with, Oh, my black didn't go on in the background. <laughs> Bam. There we go. Uh, this is some other, what do you even call this? Fakey 540 Dark Side Topsoil stall? I wish I had a slow-mo of this. Yeah, uh, that looks like a Fakey 540 like, diagonal drift over to the Topsoil stall. That was, yeah, pretty sick. Cameron is always doing some like next-level stuff. Him and Sean Keen, 
just on that future stuff right now. So it's really cool to see uh see him get the WTF of the week. It's an old clip, but it's cool to see up there. So nice. shout out Cameron Talbot. Yeah, it's cool to show that. I mean, and they both ride for Blank, as we know, which is a sponsor of the show currently. So Blank, thank you for sponsoring this episode. Everyone check out the new Sean Keane Pro Model Skate. Um, I believe it's out now, and they're doing another run of them again soon if you missed that on the pre-orders. Uh, but let's run this little ad from Blank. Wow. Everybody, check out Blank. Follow them on Instagram at Blank Rolling Products. We also have a link to their website in the description to check out more details about the new Sean Keen Pro Model Blank Skate. There you go. That, that top sole, the back salve was solid, right? Wow. That's, That's crazy. Full, that was full, cool. com full commitment on that one. Yeah, it was, he was flying. But uh, yeah, shout out to our sponsor, Blank. Um, do we have some, you did the patrons a shout out. Yeah. Do you well, have anything else? Yes. Well, if anybody wants to become a sponsor for 2022, uh, we oh, have yeah. an updated sponsor package list for 2022. So, um, a few people already expressed interest. If you could sponsor episodes, you can sponsor by monthly, you know, however you want to do it. Uh, but get at us, uh, send us an email, shoot us a message on Instagram. Let us know. We'll send you info on that because, um, if you want to support the show, we love talking about, you know, companies that are willing to put money back in the industry as well. So, uh, it, it's, it's great for both of us. So if you're interested in sponsoring the show, get at us. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> what a pitch, man. I like that. Get you know, it's, 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 it's great for both of us. You know, it's a mutually Good. beneficial arrangement. And uh, if you want to do it, <laughs> get at us. We don't have to get any lawyers involved. It's mutually beneficial. We'll do One hand washes the other. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> all right, cool. Both wash the face. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, um, very cool. One last thing I'm before looking, we move on to our guests. Is uh, I just want to shout out the Blade Havasu 8, which is the 8th annual, I can't believe it's 8th annual already, Blade Havasu trip in Arizona. It's February 25th to the 27th this year. Um, it's in Lake Havasu City in Arizona. So everybody on the West Coast, or if you're not on the West Coast, you want to fly out, drive out for that, I might make it depending on how my money situation is. So um, it's an awesome trip. Awesome skate park, weekend camping trip at Lake Havasu City at an awesome skate park. Um, I've been there many times. Billy was there also last year. We made a fun trip out of it. So everyone check it out February 25th to the 27th. Uh, they have shirts relaunching soon in their website, which I have linked below. And also they have a Facebook a community page if you're looking to find somebody to travel with or whatever. I have a link to the Facebook group as well in the video description below. So Blade Havasu 8, check it out. Hopefully you get to see you there. Very cool. Yeah, I remember going last year. I was, I, I was like, uh, my knee was. That was just in the beginning when I was like having a knee injury, so I wasn't able to skate there. But oh, yeah, I'll tell you, that is a heck of a skate park. It is massive. It is. Yeah, it's, it's worth cool it for that bit. alone. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're coming from the East Coast like I am. You want to get out oh, of the winter? Yeah. You know, it's a nice cheap trip. Flights are really cheap now, so mm -hmm. um, make it a point to go out there. It's really cool. Well, um, before we get into our guests, I'll just say I won't be there, sadly. Okay. Uh, it's my brother's bachelor party, which Ooh. means, yeah. Bachelor um, parties? That's a, little personal, that's a little personal information between <laughs> me and you, but I'm sharing with the world. Between me and but you and everyone else watching. <laughs> no one else, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Let's get into our guest. I'm really stoked to talk to this guy. Hell yeah, everybody. Please welcome Jimmy the Giant. 
We got oh, in here. I knew my head was out of shot. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I sat uh, there for five minutes, paranoid that my head was going to be out of frame, and it was. <laughs> you're thank goodness you, you have the swivel chair, so you can just fix it really quick. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting the angles down. I'm getting the angles down. <laughs> swivel back and forth. Yeah, yeah, for you who don't know, watching, there's a very small little window of my uh, there. <laughs> that is me now in shot, but I'm, I could be out here, so I'll do my best. You're looking, you're looking great. Don't worry. It's three of us, you know, so it's a little, it's a little tight, but it's good because it makes us look thin, you know. It does. Yeah, it's taking yeah. a lot of, yeah, a lot of the Christmas pounds are coming right off. <laughs> well, uh, it's really nice to meet you, and thanks for taking the time to do the show. And it's been really cool to see uh, everything that uh, you've been doing, uh, especially like in relation to skating, because uh, it's really cool to see the outside perspective. But um, first and foremost, uh, could you give a little intro to yourself and as a, you know, how you, you know, I, we know you have a parkour background and, and, and a YouTube background, but a, a brief like bio introduction to who you are. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words, man. Um, I am called Jimmy the Giant. I've been doing YouTube for, well, I've been doing YouTube as Jimmy the Giant for maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. So originally I used to have a parkour brand and it was called Marrera Gang. The way brands work in, in parkour, and this is something I probably want to chat about later, is quite different to rollerblading. So it's like no one makes a, no one makes a penny, no one makes any money, but we all act like we got these businesses. So that's what it was. Over time, I, it didn't work, failed. And so I was like, I want to do something. I want to make some content. I had a few ideas for like parkour videos. So just made them, changed the channel to Jimmy the Giant, and they just like worked. Like it just took off. I had a bit of help from like a big team. They like did a video with me. And so for the last year and a half, I was kind of doing tons of parkour content. And then I got to a point where I was like, kind of just want to do like other things, you know, like different topics, different stories, different extreme sports. And through doing that, I was like starting to see more and more sports. I just never really known much about, never thought much about. And I come across rollerblading. And then that's kind of like the current, massive interest <laughs> and so i'm just like really obsessed with it and i find it really interesting so it's very cool to speak to you guys and be on this really that's that's cool um you know it's funny when i was looking into some of your videos and looking into some of the backstories like um i saw the one about uh, the one man who might have destroyed parkour mm -hmm. and um yeah. who almost destroyed parkour and yeah, I, I was like, wow, th there's brands. And, and that was fascinating to me because, you know, when you look at like skateboarding or blading, there's obviously like the product, like you need the skateboard or the blades and you can, you can't do it without that. And parkour, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, it seems like you can just kind of go and do it if you got a pair of like Nikes on a Reeboks or something like that. <laughs> but it was cool That's to see problem, like, man. yeah, That's the problem. That's, we've, we've got, yeah. we've got nothing tangible to sell you. We're selling you an, an idea. We're selling you yeah. a pipe dream. It's, it's like, we've got nothing, nothing to sell you. So everyone like makes clothes and that's, yeah. that's kind of where everyone went. Yep. Uh, but then I think like now, maybe some people are having better ideas, like mm -hmm. making films is a big one. I was, I'm curious to see if rollerblading has gone down that route because more and more parkour brands are realizing just putting out a Gildan t-shirt with your logo on it, it's probably not gonna make you a living. It's probably not gonna be able to pay your team a living. So people that were putting out content on YouTube, like a couple of people were popping off, making livings off of it, but like it's few and far between. Mm -hmm. And um, we have all these guys that are just like insane, like doing next level mind blowing stuff that can't make a penny off of it. So now brands are starting to get a bit clever and like 
privately releasing films. So, you know, you're paying what, like a couple of pounds, a couple of dollars, like $5, you get to watch it. Then maybe they release clothes with it. And that's becoming like the sort of new meta, like the new way of doing things. And yeah. so it's really interesting seeing what you guys do. Cause like, I didn't really realize the the scope of your Patreon didn't really realize like the sponsors and stuff like that, because parkour, I don't know, like we just, we don't have the same industry and we don't have the same mm-hmm. business minds. And as you identified, like we don't have a product to sell you. So it's like so hard to make money in our sport. And I don't know if rollerblading is, is easier. You might be able to tell me. Well, yeah, like to, to your point, like, uh, yeah, it's when you're looking at like the, the non-product aspect, like the thing that you have to offer, I guess would be like the culture. So in the culture, you could like do that through the clothing and, and do it like that and through film. Um, for me, when I was looking at like, how, how do parkour people make money? And I was like, I guess maybe some of the top guys can be in some like Hollywood films, you know, like flipping around like with Vin Diesel or something like that, like doing some triple X stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and and you see that out there. So it's like, okay, maybe that could be like an area like for some opportunity, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's um, kind of it, like, it's, it's like a catch is the phrase catch 22. I don't know if it's catch 22, but it's like, uh, if you go and do parkour in the films, you'll make money, like you'll make good money. But to do parkour in the films, you need to spend years getting onto the stunt registrar. Like I know someone who she's trying to get on it and you need five different disciplines, at least in the UK, you need five different disciplines that you need like an expert qualification in. Like, so it could be karate, skydiving, parkour, blah, 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 blah. You need an expert level qualification to do it. Takes you a long time, takes you a lot of money. You finally get on this registrar and then you're now in the films. Great. But you can't really do parkour out in the streets with your buddies because if you like dust off your knee or like you roll your ankle, you're out of work. So it's like mm. a really hard industry. And ultimately, you're not actually doing parkour. Like I know so many pros, like because a lot of people have gone that way. And for some, that was like their dream. Like since a kid, that's what they wanted to do. They, they grew up on like Jackie Chan. They watched mm. all that. And so for some, they did want to do that. But for a lot of guys, yeah, you know, they get to that level and they're like, I don't want to be on a film set and doing all that. Like, so it's, mm. yeah, it's a real weird one. Our pro landscape is strange. Like we don't really have many people living off it. And, and when they do, the money is like exterior. So like the money comes from companies sponsoring them to appear in like a, an advert or like represent their brand or something like that. So it's not like rollerblading maybe different where people are buying rollerblades that support in pros and stuff like that it's not really that that's going to make a fraction of your income it's always from like exterior things yeah yeah no i I think that is like the advantage that at least uh rollerblading did or could have like you know there's the skate boot there's the frame the wheel and all these things that you need in order to do it and skateboarding bmx has these same things products pegs seats handlebars everything like that and so those things there's going to be just like you're going to be able to um, make some profit off those things just in order for people to be a part of it. They have to have those things. But the, I guess we the problem with rollerblading is no like joke. Sorry, man. I'm I was going to say, we used to always, like in the back of the day, we used to always joke about like parkour pads and protective equipment. <laughs> and so like my old brand were kind of known as like being a bit funny, making memes and shit. And um, we like released this like mock commercial, like a parody commercial for parkour shin pads. We called them like the anti-shinning shield 
anti-shinning shields and like uh we've made this whole advert and it was like a bit of a joke but that's the thing like there's just nothing you can sell anyone other than a t-shirt you know well, sneakers may maybe may maybe there's a yeah. uh maybe there's like a revolutionary like one of the top guys can make a, a revolutionary product like let's say like a glove with like a suction cup on it that completely changes the game they're dropping down a roof and they put their hand on yeah. and it swings them off and everyone's like oh my god that's something so new we all need it oh. or we're not even parkour people and that's the <laughs> yeah. thing that's going to make yeah, at least one guy some money rollerblading? your genius is being wasted on rollerblading we need products that we can just shot people <laughs> yeah. ship them into walmart and make millions i'm just saying <laughs> no because like in rollerblading I think that happened there there was like some like uh you know when like the revolutionary products did come around like like mini wheels for example those were like the mm -hmm. things that ended up like kind of defining the sport and taking off. I'm kind of just being tongue in cheek with the, uh, what could be in parkour, like, but it's- um, Nah, but you're right know. though, you're right. Because like, like free running has started to see like people sell like, I'm trying to think of a good example, like even like a towel, right? Like if you, if you, it's a wet day or like it's spitting, you can like use a towel. So like, you know, no one really thought about that. <laughs> it's just how slow, it's taken us 20 years to go, we can sell them a towel. <laughs> it's like uh you know there's shit like that so there are little things and parkour shoes are away but like yeah it's so much money and at the end of the day like you could just buy a pair of adidas and it's going to be quarter the price so it is it is definitely a future and i think it's one of those things it's like parkour is young man and it's going to take time yep. for the industry to catch up and it's it is going in a good direction it just it's, it feels slow like when you see all these other sports but it's always like a grass is greener situation because as i started looking into these sports and hearing stories and people were like yeah we don't make that much money and it's like even i did this video on bmx which had some sort of like um some people argued with it but the, the long and the short of it was the bmx's aren't making a killing and you know we would have all thought in parkour we're like yeah it's fucking it's bmx so like obviously they're making a ton of money but apparently it's not as easy as that skateboarding similar like maybe the skate the pro skaters are not always making a ton it's not all about money though you know it's just, but at the end of the day it's like you kind of want to see these like pros be rewarded for their skill i suppose but if it doesn't if it isn't valued in the marketplace it's not valued in the marketplace we have to make that demand and that just takes time and it takes building culture so yeah jimmy that that's a struggle that we've been battling for like 20 years <laughs> so we're yeah, like yeah. big in that too but like the sport changes times change too everything's online based everything's like influencer based too i feel like now is the best time if you are a quote pro skater quote pro or pro uh parkour person free runner whatever you want to call it like yeah, yeah. now is the time to do it you could be an influencer you can make a youtube channel like you do a podcast um it is ways to base it around your brand you patreon pages stuff like that like there's ways to do it to make it yourself and in many ways clever isn't it? yeah you got to be clever with it and you have to like really put yourself out there but generally it's easier you're not really relying on other people and other brands and other companies to do this make these decisions for you it's all up to you it's all on you and you yeah, can make it happen yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's like i think everyone probably looks at like the 90s as this this kind of era where like you know especially for rollerblading they must have been like those kids making hundreds of thousands of dollars and stuff and it might it must always be heralded as like this insane era but in reality like that was never going to last and same for skateboarding like it was it was a sort of like not a fad in a way but it was like 
It was a massive cultural thing. It's like video games now. I, I have this theory and I kind of want to make a video on it one day, but I don't know if I reckon the esports community and all that will, will be as big as it is right now forever. And I think that might sound surprising, but it's just kind of like you look at how skateboard, like, you know, all these extreme sports sort of went like 90s, early 2000s, killing it for money. And then now it's like, yeah, it's just sort of, they've died down a bit, but it's got to this point where you're right. You just have to be smart and it takes smart business people which is great really because not every person who does like parkour is going to be an incredible athlete not everyone who does rollerblading is going to be the top rollerblader but you might be kind of smart with making money so it sort of means that other people can have a sort of a position in the community that can help people and help themselves so. yeah um yeah, it's 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 interesting to see like uh, parkour kind of come up in its own way, like because I don't know, I see and and stop me if I'm wrong, but I, I see a lot of parallels between parkour and 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 rollerblading. Actually, I mean, I think it's there's different, obviously distinctions that are that are different, but like some of like maybe the I don't know movements, flips, and like technicalities kind of remind me of one another in a way. Uh, do you see any parallels oh, yeah. there or no? Yeah, big time, big time. Like, yeah, it, I, I keep joking with my mates. Like, I've been doing parkour for so long, so it's like I can joke about this. But, like, I always say rollerblading is, like, level two parkour. It's like once you've done, you've graduated parkour, you get you get the blades out, and then it's like, oh, because you can do, like, super human stuff where, because you're able to travel so much quicker. So if you're doing a jump, like a big running precision, as we call it, which is just like a, you know, jump, literally. Yeah. That you can maybe... I don't know. This is like really good going. You could maybe crack like, I don't want to say this and be wrong, but like maybe 19 feet or like 20 feet would be like top end. Whereas on blades, like if you look at that Eric Perkett clip where he done like that double, is it like the 12 flat 12 or whatever? That's, yeah. that's like, that's like you would never be able to physically do that running. <laughs> no matter, yeah. It could be Usain Bolt. You ain't clearing that. You ain't coming near. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> It's like, yeah, you have this like extra boost from the wheels. And then, yeah, there's so much crossover. Just I noticed as soon as I, I started with a friend, right, who doesn't have any parkour background. And he he's he's cool. He's good at like moving around and shit. But when it comes to jumps, he has no idea. And when he comes to like falling over, no idea. And it's like I've been able to figure that out quite quickly, how to jump. And I've been able to, like, I can jump up to something that's like sort of like maybe like chest height sort of thing mm. and maybe a bit lower maybe a bit lower. i'm kind of gassing myself up yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could jump up quite high and yeah. be all right whereas he wouldn't be able to do that and like falling over i just know how to fall and that's the biggest mm. thing I've, I've gained from parkour is knowing how to fall also kind of like um ideas for lines um but yeah there is so much crossover especially when you especially when you see someone like oigen enin and like you see, he does all the sort of vaulty stuff, and I I love that style because it's sort of like reminiscent of parkour. Yeah, he like yeah, you know, Oigen like actively incorporates uh, parkour, and it, it's funny to see because like I, I sometimes when I watch those like really crazy parkour videos, I'm like, what what would it ha happen if these guys like learned to put on some blades? Yeah, and like yeah. didn't like even, didn't even like adapt to like our culture of skating or like the style or the they just like do this on some yeah. blades but just like it's just like yeah I, I always like think about that and you know you see like 
some bladers embrace that. Like, you know, you see some like the, you know, Canadian guys doing that in Oigan, like you say. And it's really, yeah, I think yeah. it's, that kind of stuff's really good for crossing over. And maybe like, you know, if he, like you said, he's one of your favorite skaters and maybe for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a, an era like in parkour where it was like 2008, 2009, where people coming into parkour had backgrounds in different sports. So it was like you would get into parkour because you did, I don't know, like break dancing and you saw someone do parkour and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. So you'd get into it through that. So you had this whole background of break dancing and you came to parkour and you were like, well, I can't do that. I can't do this thing that this person's doing, but I can be on my hands and do like jumps to my hands and shit. So when in this, we had this like, beautiful golden era where you were getting all these people with different backgrounds coming into the sport and it completely changed the sport and the direction it went in because you had all these different ideas. Now parkour in, in the space it's in now is like, it's had, it, it has kids that are getting into parkour as their first sport so that they've never done anything prior to it. So parkour is, is kind of got a definitive, almost like that is what parkour is. But I'd say in 2010s, it was a little bit maybe looser, like two people doing parkour would look quite different or they could look quite different. Um, now it's like there is sort of a defined style. And I think it's really interesting when you go into a sport having had a background in something else, because like, say you were an incredible contemporary dancer. I often like seeing like you get, sometimes it's rare, but you get like women that come into parkour that have contemporary dance backgrounds or like ballet or something like that. And mm. they just move in a way that you've never seen before. And it's so sick because you just have this completely different attitude and you're like, oh damn, I never thought about it like that. And uh, there's a, a free runner who got into uh, rollerblading, maybe like, I think he's always done it, but he started doing videos with rollerblade and he was called, he's called Daniel Abaka, but he didn't do tons of stuff, but he did a bit. And you could just see like instantly this dude like had a different way of doing it because of his background. And it would be so interesting to see more and more people like coming into, like, I just, I would, I would like to see more free runners do rollerblading because I just think you would see a very different a t like take on it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and I, I think that like uh, most communities probably could be uh, subjected to this, but like definitely ours has like in certain stages or maybe even currently, but I think it's gotten like way more diverse and like the approach lately. But we've been like in this kind of box of how what skating is and how we are defined as rollerbladers. Like, you know, we we grind down mm -hmm. rails like we jump gaps and at least in a certain era. And then now that's kind of been opening up over like the past few years. People are like more experimenting with like different styles and and uh, just kind of thinking out of the box a bit. And yeah, I think I think so. Like when I see like the free runner guys, I'm like, if these people just learn how to skate, then it's just, like uh, they could just take this stuff and yeah. go, go flying even further. Like maybe not like some of that crazy roof stuff where there's like, you know, a 300 foot drop off the roof slide. <laughs> on the, like <laughs> some of that like far distance, like Superman hand plan stuff, like to front flip, like what could be achieved yeah. in that? It'd probably be like the most viral thing ever, you know? Mm -hmm. Honestly, it would be nuts. And you would get, you would get free runners doing roof gaps, like for sure. Roof gaps were a real, like, they were a real thing for maybe the first, like from 2010, nah, maybe a bit earlier than that. 2008, mm -hmm. I would say to like mid 2010s. Uh, and then like, people don't do roof gaps as much now. It's kind of cause it is just really, it's one thing. Like it's a gap between a roof. But yeah. I think if people got blades and they were parkour background, they would have to try a roof gap. Like someone would do it. Has, have you ever seen anyone do like a legit roof gap, like with a death drop on blades? <laughs> Is that about? 
Yeah, no, yeah. The, the, there's 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 been some and like that go all the way back to like the the old days. But um, in terms of like maximizing its potential, I would say no. Like there there, there, there are some there are some it, big it ones. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. me too. Like I've I've always had like being like a New Yorker, I always had like this like kind of like cool fantasy of like you just see like one building to another building yeah. and just someone like doing like a like a bio five forty like a misty right through. Yeah. But, you know, you got to find the right spot and the right person. You got to be as careful as you can. But you know what I mean? That's um, the thing, man. It's like there's always been a bit of a point of contention in parkour is the old roof gaps. Like it was always this thing. It was like this sort of unsaid thing that you can only do it when you've been doing it for a long, a long period of time. You would never encourage someone new to the sport to ever even think about it. And like, right. yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, it was a weird one. Like when I was 20 and that, I was doing some stuff i look back and i'm like i would never fucking think of doing that again mm -hmm. and like the thing is it's like you know you're 20 you're ballsy and you're just like you're up for it you don't you don't care uh, and then you look back and you're like damn man like you, it could have just been a slippy take up so it's one of them ones like you don't want to encourage people to do it but at the same time yeah you know it'd be interesting to see <laughs> yeah totally that that's um, very common with us too we used to always look back at shit like 10, 15 years ago and like stuff that we wouldn't do like roof gaps or huge drop rails and hammers and stuff like that. It's, it's yeah. stuff that you just like, it was of its time and of its error and people can still do it now. Uh, personally, I'm not trying to do shit like that, but you know, there's still yeah. that, there's still that space in it, in skating for that. I'm sure in parkour, there are some, still some people probably doing roof jumps and shit like that, but it's yeah. another direction that's way more welcoming because people coming into parkour, I'm sure, and skating too, they don't want to necessarily see their kids jumping off of roofs off the bat and stuff like that. You know, it's more lightweight, yeah. more welcoming stuff to do. I found it interesting that like the mushroom blading, like the wizard blading guys were kind of new in a sense. Like I, I would have thought like, cause forgive me for my ignorance, but I'd have thought that would have been like old school rollerbladers would have probably had that similarish style because it would have been taken from I don't know, like ice skating, maybe like, because mm -hmm. it's kind of like some of the stuff they do, they're like spinning around and doing all these like slides and stuff. To me, it's like, how did that take so long for people to kind of popularize? Because I think it's so sick what they do. And I, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And it's sort of like that really adds variety to to a line. Like, I feel like Eugen Enin's part in that recent video, he was like sort of doing a bit of that stuff. And mm -hmm. it was like between these other things. So he'd like do maybe some a traditional like aggressive thing and then he would do all this and then it yep. just like tied it together so nicely and it's like how has that mm. taken that long to, to figure out that's an excellent <laughs> no, point <laughs> no it, it, it's true it's true and I, I like i can give you my theory on that um you know before um blading got into <clears throat> the area of like aggressive it was like this wreck thing where people were using it to like you know do off-season hockey and some people off-season skiing like you know you've discovered in your videos um, and people were, I think were more embracing the rolling aspects of it during that because it was such a new thing when it went to aggressive. And then there was like this kind of, you know, aggressive was young and there was like, you know, skateboarders who had been skating for however long at the park. And it was a, a, a bit of a rivalry became, came to be. I think a lot of the people in aggressive as you know, we spoke about this with uh, Joey McCary on uh, our podcast, but we were trying to like distance ourselves from that kind of stuff, those kind of movements uh, yeah, and just yeah. be like, yeah, no, we're like actually like super, it was like hyper masculine, like, or as like, 
as Joey McGarry said, like, look how masculine we are. Look yeah. how, <laughs> how heterosexual we are. <laughs> so it was Boy, like we like, just put a fucking face. <laughs> yeah. So I think there was like a, a more like whether it was con- conscious or, or subconscious, like pushed by companies or not. That was kind of like yeah, the ethos. I've got a picture of it now. Like you've got some guy. You know, it's like everyone else in the in the parts are hammering like these massive rails. They're doing like these gangster shit, and you got your boy doing yeah. like fairy spins, yeah. like spinning around. He's got his hands up. I, I, I can see, I can see why you might not do it. Yeah, that's the cool. Yeah, thing. I feel like nowadays people are a bit more embracive of like, I don't know. It's like it just, I get it because I think back in the day it was like everything was kind of lame if it looked, you know, like the mainstream way of doing something or something like that. It's probably got some kind of tie in with that. And so it was kind of like mm-hmm. lame. And if you were seen to do that, but now it's like people, I think they've eased off on that attitude a little bit. And then now it's just sort of a bit more open because parkour had a very mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it had, it had like a, a moment where there was a lot of attitudes behind what was like cool and what wasn't cool. And like, it depended entirely on like the clique you were in almost. Like in my clip, in like my circle where I did parkour, if you were seen to do, I don't know, a flip, literally a, like a front flip, People would like mm. laugh at you, they'd like scoff at you. It's like, mm. oh, that shit's so lame. Like you're being a gymnast. And then right. now it's like the stuff that people do with flips is like the impressive thing. And so it's funny how the attitudes change and just become a bit more embracing and like, I suppose open minded to like different takes on it. Yeah, no, it, it's funny because it's like, uh, I think at that maybe parkour had the same experience like with the don't do the flips, but it's there's like this like struggle to like really define what it is that you are in that space like this is what we are but it's funny that Mm. thing that you do to define what you are is also the thing that kind of prevents you from growing outward because that diversity in like approaches is the thing and like that helps it grow like incorporates other styles and and techniques like you know like with 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 skating and we were like pushing like trying to jump the biggest stuff do like the biggest drop rail and like do like the gnarliest switch up or whatever um one of my friends i think astutely pointed out that like we did all that stuff and eric perquette jumped like you know that 30 feet thing and then people were still like these fruit booters are lame so it's like well it's like well might as well have fun right like it's like well yeah. if, 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 if if whatever it is you can't win anyway you could do like the crazy so it's like i think everyone threw up their hands and was like let's just like explore and have fun and it, yeah, yeah. it's weird that that was the thing that ended up like helping push like the growth of it a little bit. And maybe that would be the same case in parkour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think um, you made me think of uh, uh, William Spencer. He's like a skateboarder who stunt doubled uh, Spider-Man. Don't know why it took me so long. I made a whole documentary on him. And he, uh, yeah, so he had this time where, where he was like, he literally got like not ostracized but just people would chat shit on him doing stuff and he was like mixing parkour with with skateboarding it was legit like there was nothing even like i can see why someone might think doing like spins and rollerblades is slightly lame i could i can understand vaguely mm-hmm. but what he was doing was like just gnarly it just looked sick and yet still because what he was doing was different people were like oh this is circus tricks man this ain't real skateboarding Mm-hmm. lo and behold he goes on to be like an icon and whatever but like it is it is weird like i i wonder how many people listen to that i, I don't know actually because maybe that refines people because i think sometimes that gives people like a fire because the way he explained it was because everyone was so like on his case about it that made him like not nah, fuck you i'm gonna do me i'm gonna like do it as well as i can whereas maybe if it was super accepted perhaps he it wouldn't have pushed as hard it was also the same for uh uh ryan williams scooter bmx dude 
he used to get clowned on for being a scooter kid, like absolutely hounded. Oh, is this and the Australian? Yeah, he... Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's on Nitro Circus. Yeah, the Nitro Circus kid. With, like, yeah, he was rollerblading too. He was doing like a tri double or triple backflips or something. Like it was mm -hmm. something crazy. Dude, dude. Like I saw he posted a random clip the other day. Like that's his original sport. So when he was really little, he had blades and like mm -hmm. planning to do a video with him at some point. But he, yeah. So he did like this webster i don't know what you guys call it but like he he was going he was just pumping a uh like a bowl and then mm -hmm. when he come up on the back part he did like a front flip inwards there like just a casual throwaway clip on his instagram and i was like damn like he's he, he's, he's just legit he could he could so easily uh be a good rollerblader and i'm really surprised that because he hangs out i'm guessing he hangs out with chris haffey on the mm -hmm. nitro circus i'm surprised he hasn't gone down that route much more because as I was saying, he went from scooter being a scooter kid that people laughed at, ended up achieving like the top of the top there, and then put his scooter down for a little bit. He still he still scoots, but then picked up the BMX and just because of his attitude and because of his like uh, approach to scootering, he bought that towards BMX and he was doing tricks that the commentators in the X Games were like, yeah, I have no idea what we call this. Like mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know what that is. But and he was like he won like gold. He won he broke a record. It was like and he'd been BMXing for like six months and he won gold at the X Games. What? And he, he, I think he got like three. Yeah, it was something like that. I might be getting some of the dates mixed up, but it was something like that. And uh, yeah, the dude's crazy, and it's because he just did his own thing. And like when people were kind of clowning on him, he used that as a bit of a fire. So maybe maybe a little bit of bullying's good, not too much, but a little bit. Helps. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. Yeah, that's when people find oh, yeah. the most success when they, you know, going against the stream like that. Because people, every, every sport gets that too. We get the same thing also. There's, we had numerous guests on the show who, uh, who are some of the biggest pros ever, and they started from skateboarding because that was kind of naturally what it was in the '90s or early 2000s. But they would go to the skate park with a skateboard and rollerblades. And skateboarders would be like, yo, you got to pick one. You can't like be showing up at both of them. <laughs> and then they would pick the rollerblades, and they went on to become some of the best skaters ever. So it's like. You, you kind of need that that pushback sometimes to light the fire yeah, under yeah. you. Yeah, it's like you know every every like good superhero or like karate film or something like that. You know <laughs> they weren't they weren't fucking with him at the beginning, yeah, but he yeah, ends. Exactly. You're like, ah, oh, he's the boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, we've been talking like a lot about you know the relationship between parkour and some skating things, but I, I, I'm curious like your introduction to skating, like when you just before you made the video, why rollerblading died, like. Um, why seem to do like a, a like, like a lot of really good research on that you know um i think as like you know tom pointed out in one of his videos tom moyes he, he pointed out like oh that some of the error and clips uh story was like not exact but like it was really well done and i think everyone in skating was like wow this is really impressive so what was your first impression of of rollerblading and like uh yeah your kind of yeah. journey down that road and your discovery into skating yourself yeah yeah so i was just trying to think that through because uh yeah i don't i think I, I think i've pegged it a little bit so my first probably ever like i i would have seen rollerblading <clears throat> like when i was growing up like odd things on like the extreme sports channel mtv or something like that. i would have probably seen like very odd things but i never knew the level it got to like, ever i was just like i might have seen a handrail being grinded or something and then um yeah so daniel abaka free runner he got into rollerblading put some things out and i remember just seeing him do this big like clear he like cleared over this uh rail over it was like a rail bit of a drop and then there was like a spiked fence probably like a 15 foot gap it was pretty big and i was like damn like 
people actually can do cool stuff on rollerblades and that was kind of all i knew i didn't know there was really people like doing that i just knew that it was possible because he did and then so anyway i'm making all these videos about parkour i start getting a little bit like bored of just talking about the same thing i think okay let's maybe try and look at some different sports and then uh i start doing that i get some comments people saying like because I, I did a few like rise and fall kind of things and like um, a few comments just saying like, oh, check out Rollerblading. Like Rollerblading has a bit of a, a cool story to it. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So people start emailing me and I, like, I see it more and more and I'm like, all right. And then I just did some like research and I watched that Barely Alive documentary. I don't know who put that out, but that was, it was cool as hell. Barely Dead. And I think yeah. it might've had some of you. Yeah, Barely Dead. Yeah, yeah that was. Mm -hmm. And I think it, like some of you guys may have been, I don't know. Like it was mm -hmm. like a, it was a pretty legit piece. Yeah. And I watched that and I was like, fuck man <laughs> like seeing some of the clips in that i was like the shit people were doing it's like gnarly and so from there i started making this video which was basically like i can't lie i watched that video sort of rewrote it and was like make it youtubey make it like you know a youtube story do a bit of my own research look into like my own stuff but i kind of took a lot of the info from there um yeah. And I think I shouted it out in that video. I think at the end I was like, yeah, you know, there's a great documentary on it. And mm -hmm. so, <clears throat> yeah, I watched that. Sort of had a few names there. And when I was researching and watching some clips, I was like, you know, searching up all these names. And I was like, like God damn. Like, and I come across like KFC and I was like watching all of those videos. And like, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of had this like evening where I was just like up till <laughs> 2 a.m. just watching all this shit. And um, yeah, put together that video. And just a little tangent here, because I've never told this story and I find it, fun, it is interesting, but I was in a sauna, which is a, a massive part of my life. I sit in a sauna for hours. I don't know why, it's just something I enjoyed doing. And so I, in the sauna I'm at, it's a very social sauna. And like everyone chats to everyone. Like, I don't know why, because we're British and we normally like just look away from each other. But like uh, in this one sauna, we're all chatting and this guy asked me what I do for a living. I'm not saying I do YouTube videos and talk about this, blah, 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 blah. And, and I said, I'm making this one about rollerblading. And he goes, oh, rollerblading. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do rollerblading. And I was like, oh, maybe he just owns a pair of rollerblades. And he goes, yeah, like, oh, yeah, like Arlo Eisenberg back in the 90s. And I was like, fuck, I've just learned all this stuff. And so I have this really good-ass conversation with yeah. a stranger about, like, intricate names from the 90s and, like, early 2000s of rollerblading that I'd learned the week prior. And so, yeah. like, that helped. I think that helped push me a little bit into, like, oh, maybe I should, like, give this a go. And he was saying, yeah, no, you could get some like good rollerblades for pretty cheap, like pick them up. And so uh, pretty soon after that conversation, because I knew someone that did it now, I was like, yeah, I'll buy some. I bought some, made that like one week challenge because that's like a good format for YouTube content. That did all right. And like, I fell in love when I was like m doing that. Like beforehand, I thought I'd just do it for a video. But then when doing it, I just like instantly just loved it. I was like, this is fun. Like, Actually, that's a lie. First day, hated it. But yeah, as, soon as, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as soon as i kind of figured out how to move loved it and i was like shit and now yeah i'm just kind of obsessed with it <laughs> it's, it's it's yeah i do it i, I yeah doing it a fair bit it's, it's terrible weather here at the moment so like i have to go all the way to a, like an indoor park but yeah yeah. Your your obviously your your first video like you were talking about that you kind of based off of barely dead because i noticed that also but i'm glad you made that because Belly Dead is already almost probably 15 years old. So it's it's not outdated, but there's way more to the story now than 
it was then. So watching your video, mm. I was I was so happy to see that because it needed like an update, kind of like our story needed an update. And YouTube obviously is a perfect format for it. You have almost a million views in that video already. So that's yeah, like yeah. that's huge. It's probably one of like the most viewed rollerblading related videos on YouTube. Well, it, well it's interesting, right? Because I, this was an argument I used to have a lot in the parkour world. So the, the reception from the rollerblading community versus the parkour community to like content. I was just like blown away by the lack of negativity towards that video. Like every rollerblader, touch woods, every rollerblader I spoke to or messaged me was pretty positive. Like there was one guy who was just sort of saying, well, maybe one or two guys that were like, there's a couple of inaccuracies, but the video was really good and it did, they like, got a lot of views and it's great that mm -hmm. people were talking about it. And I was like, this is a fucking great response because I would do parkour videos all the time. And like I used to get in a lot of shit. For, I remember having people trying to like, like witch hunt me. It was almost like a cancel mob <laughs> over, over the fact that I accredited this guy for inventing a style of parkour that some people disagreed with. And these people were like commenting on every fucking thing I do. And it was like, they were like out for blood. And then I make this video about rollerblading and I'm like, oh, shit. you know, I, I just assumed like might get some bad reaction, but whatever. But honestly, the feedback was insane. Like having like people like Arlo Eisenberg messaged me and stuff and being like, this is an awesome piece. I was like, fuck, like really mm -hmm. very embraced by, I felt very embraced by the community. And, you know, yeah, it was a very cool response. And maybe it's just a mature community. Parkour has a lot of young people, but yeah, I, I was really impressed with the, the kind of response and all the, like any like criticism was constructive. It wasn't just like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely went through that phase too though. So don't worry, there was a time 10, 15 years ago where they were message boards and everyone would just hate and hate and hate. And that was probably part of the downfall of skating as well. But now you're right, maturity, we're definitely there. I think when you've been, when you've hit rock bottom, which is like kind of what our sport has done, like you learn a lot and you mature and you're a lot more humble, which I think is also adding to all the support. And it sucks because yeah, yeah. why couldn't we just be doing this 15 years ago? Like, why can't you, you be- You learn those lessons though. You, you do. Learn them. And it's, yeah. it's interesting, like, I don't know, to get too off topic, but like on just in culture, you see it with like religions as well, like older, old, like very old religions, very old cultures tend to be very peaceful because they've had years and years, like endless years of like turmoil, ups and downs. And then they eventually kind of figure out how to, how to get along it's to a degree. And it's sort of like, you know, you can see like, um, again, I don't know how sort of why do you want to take this conversation, but like America and England, I'd say America, I don't think this is a controversial statement at the moment. There's a little bit of bickering going on inside America. People mm -hmm. at each other's throats. Mm -hmm. And I, even in the same time period in England, it doesn't feel like that. So we see all this happening in America. And we're like, this is strange because it doesn't feel like that here. We might have some arguments, but it's not like that. And I think it has to do with the age of the country. And I think that's a thing that sport cultures will experience as well. Like very young sports are immature. And you have time periods to mature and like become sensible. And like, uh, you know, you can see like mountain biking, I would say it's quite a mature sport. Like there probably isn't a lot of, I might be wrong. It might be, might be completely wrong, but there's not loads of beefs that happen. So I think, yeah, parkour, maybe just a younger sport hasn't found its foot in rollerblading a bit older, maybe found its foot in it is dealt with like its issues. So I think that is a thing that is quite common for young, just young things in general. It's mature. Yeah. No, that, that that makes sense. That makes a good sense. And I like the uh, comparison you put there because that is that is something that is completely relatable. And 
yeah, like, you know, even you look at like skiing was like there before snowboarding and snowboarding had to, you know, go through the thing like where they had to yeah. cut their teeth and get their respect. And they were looked at as punks and blading went through it. And, you know, that's natural. Like, you know, you're you're an OG skateboarder. You've been skateboarding forever long. You're seeing like all your friends with uh, talent, you know, not really be able to cultivate anything because you're at like a point where it's like the, their sport is kind of like had a big moment and then fizzled down a little bit. Blading comes in, new kids on the block, super freaking uh, like, you know, the 16 year old kids are all over the place. You're like, what is this? Like at the skate park, just yeah, mobs yeah. of people that don't have any park etiquette because, you know, skate park etiquette is as a thing. You got to kind of watch out. And yeah, so mm -hmm. it's it, it all makes sense. And it's I think Blading did have to, you know, go through that that uh, humbling phase that yeah, is yeah. Kind of it, serving it a little bit now. Because like if you think about it, you guys are older and you're like the experts in this very particular thing. And before you, you probably didn't have these kind of like elder statesmen, so to speak. Like, you know, mm. like people that had been through being a kid, getting super hyped on it, sending massive stuff. You know, you've done the whole thing. And so if your industry has those kind of people that are like the OGs, that's so good because you've got people that have been in your exact shoes and can relate with relate to you and offer you advice and like you're gonna listen to that person more than probably you're gonna listen to your mum telling you that like yeah you ain't making money off of this thing like you're probably gonna listen to someone that's been through the ringer and if you're if you don't have that in your sport yeah you, you know you're just you're a bit lost but it just takes time for that to kind of happen i think no i i think that's exactly right like uh we, I think it's fair to say that um, there was like a few generations of skaters and Arlo and those guys and Brooke and those guys being in like the first generation. And then I think our generation, like Austin, myself, like, and maybe Mike Johnson and these guys, Dre Powell were like the second generation of skaters who came after. And then there was like a third and it continued on. But, mm. you know, we used to joke uh, that it's like uh, coming up in, I guess maybe it's not a good joke, but coming up in blading is like kind of coming up in like, uh, it was like uh, coming home, growing up in a family with like a not present father. Like, do you know what I mean? It was, <laughs> it, father. It, yeah. it, it was like, where, what do we do? Who do we look to? Like a, a lot yeah, of those yeah. guys and, and, and all respect to them, but they came in uh, in a place where blading was hot and they kind of saw like reaped some some benefits that and when it fizzled down they they weren't as present anymore and we're like oh yeah, where's yeah. the where who, who do we go to where's that's the so guidance funny, and, that's so funny because yeah. parkour sort of has a similar joke about our founders of the sport so we have these guys we have david bell and sebastian fukan and it's like david bell was the kind of legit founder i suppose like he was his dad was kind of like the guy come up with the thing i mean yeah and like uh so he was like the founder, but everyone calls him like the absent father of parkour because he kind of just bailed on it. And then Sebastian Foucault had to be like the stepdad, like come in and he's like, look, that's, that, you know, I know I'm not your dad, but I can, I can, <laughs> I can fill the role. And so he, yeah. and it's always like, he was the, yeah, the, the father parkour needed, I think is what people <laughs> say. So it's kind of interesting. You have a similar-ish sort of thing with the OGs. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it, and uh, I, I think also like a, a thing that, um, we, I, I was noticing a while ago that I was like, oh, that, you know, watching the history of skateboarding and being like what they went through and, uh, oh, like seeing things that were able to help them. They had like a lot of crossover with things like um, music and art and film. Like there was like a punk was tied into skateboarding in the 80s mm -hmm. and blading at the time earlier, like uh, in the 90s and things like that. I think it was attached to some of those things, but they were kind of taken from skateboarding and blading was trying to find yeah, its yeah. own identity and also had to like 
cross over and infiltrate other cultures, if that makes sense. Like whether it be like getting into whatever art field or like things like mm. this or, or music or like becoming so to kind of bring skating with you. Uh, I think that's what skateboarding yeah. did pr pretty well. And, uh, uh, I think those like tumultuous years of, of blading being just like dead in the dumps were just like made those talented people have to use their talents in other places and then succeed in that right. And then full, mm. like full circle, come back in and, you know, incorporate that. What have that. you felt with like the kind of, have you felt like this sort of resurgence is like tangible? Like, have you noticed there's more people? Because the reason I ask is like, when I go rollerblading, I've now bumped into like a few other rollerbladers. And I, I was like, the very first few sessions, I was like the only guy doing uh, rollerblading. And then I bumped into, I had these two little kids, like probably 11. It was this, it was like the week or two after Christmas. So, you know, they just got their blades for Christmas. And they, they come up to me and they go, are oh, you Jimmy a giant? And I'm like, I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, I, I, we, we got rollerblading. I actually know, I went up to them and I see them rollerblading. I was like, oh, sick little. You know, like, good job getting the rollerblades. I think I made a joke about scooters. I was like, yeah, you could have been scoot kids, but you, you got you got your rollerblades. That's true. And then, um, yeah, yeah. And then so, like, yeah, they come back around and go, then they ask, oh, are you Jimmy the Giant? And they're like, oh, yeah, we got into it because your video. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's no way. so sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was the uh, one week of rollerblading video. So they, like, see that. Wow. And they, they, they ask their parents for rollerblades for Christmas. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. And um, yeah, so like I've noticed then there was like this other girl that I see. I see one like roller skater girl and then I see a rollerblader girl. And so I have started seeing more of them, more mm -hmm. than I've seen like BMX, which is surprising. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Have you noticed it tangibly or is it just something you see it more on Instagram? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, um, I've, I've personally seen it definitely more tangibly. Um, more noticeably, I've seen the culture shift in the past five years, but more significantly in the past three. Um, as someone who's been skating for like 25 years, in at least you know, in not all places, maybe maybe a little different in New York, but it, it's uh, if you go to a skate park with like a lot of skateboarders, it's like hard, never a pleasant experience. Uh, very rarely is there any interacting or a hello, hello, like or even if you do, it'd be like head nod, hi, how's it going? Like very distant. But even like yeah. just culturally, you see people like clapping their boards. Oh man, that was sick. Oh, the rollerblades are cool. Like yeah, people yeah. Like, are starting to discover it in a way and like kind of leave their bias behind, which for That's me is I, I'm a very, I'm a cynical New Yorker. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to take it or accept it. I'm like, this is very strange to me. And I don't know if it's going to last, but it's, um, I've definitely seen a tangible change. And I see like, um, starting to see some younger kids on skates, which is, which is cool. And, I'm not sure that there's a lot of, again, like cynicism and skepticism, like people like, oh, is this just like the COVID bump, which has like been like proven to be in like a lot of things, or is this something that could go further? And, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I, I just think it's at a place with, with potential and opportunity and, and it's, yeah, I'm not sure. I just, I just, who knows? It's a, yeah, it's a very yeah. fascinating time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, I really, yeah, like I think, I don't know. I think it would be cool if, as I was saying, more free runners get into it because I've noticed like a, I've had a lot of people message me like free runners, like, oh, what blade should I get? And I'm like, oh, what are you thinking of getting some? And so like more and more people were like messaging me that I know just friends in general wanting to try it. And I think it just takes, yeah, like people to come along and do it that like maybe have a bit of a platform. So I think having made some of these pieces and like the videos on it, I think as well what it is, right? And this is what I think is like um, when you see someone shit, at something 
you're more likely to see yourself in that person. So that you've probably seen like Bones Brigade and stuff, but they had this guy called Lance Mountain who was like a bad skateboarder. Well, not mm-hmm. bad, but he, you know, you're next to Tony Hawk and Rodney Mullen. You're yeah, a bad skater. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And like, so he was chilling. He was having fun. He was a groovy guy. And, and people like saw him and they were like, I could do that. I'm probably not going to do a 900, but I can, I can cruise around and touch the board a little bit. And so he was heavily invested in by like Stacy Peralta. And they were like, he, no one really got it. Right. Cause Stacy was a genius and it's sort mm-hmm. of like, he sort of saw something in him and no one understood. And mm-hmm. over time he become like the biggest guy because he was sh- basically relatable you know like and so mm-hmm. i think having made the content i make and i, I want to make more like i'm planning to do like a a month um a month's progress or like a couple months or that and just doing stuff like that and people seeing the kind of reality of rollerblading a bit more is maybe what could really help make it at least sustainable because the thing i've noticed right and this is where i reckon might be interesting to talk about but like say youtube content for rollerblading is largely these edited parts that are basically what rollerblading content from as far as i'm aware has kind of always been so it's like parts mm-hmm. that you edit to music which is cool it is mm-hmm. it's cool if you're a rollerblader and you enjoy it and you you want to what geek out on good rollerbladers it's great mm-hmm. but when it comes to like someone who has no idea about rollerblading they they watch that and it kind of it gets confusing and it's like it doesn't really they don't really re- relate to it but if you see a guy make a video and it's like um I don't know, committing to the hardest handrail I've ever grind or some shit like that, you know, like biggest handrail grind challenge, some shit, just YouTube content where mm-hmm. they talk through it, they show the attempts and they're like, mm-hmm. all right, so this is the challenge, blah, blah, blah. That instantly becomes more relatable to your average Joe than watching a video part because it's like, there's a story that they can follow, there's a personality and they see that that person is a person and not some superhero. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's one of the things with with content is like, when I look at rollerblade content, it sort of, as much as I enjoy it, it sort of needs, I mean, I mean, I'm, I don't want to tell people what to do because it, it feels very rude to do that, but like it almost needs more YouTube content where people can kind of connect with it. Um, if people want it to grow to an outside audience, if they don't, then fair enough. Don't, but those, those videos are really going to help people, uh, click with it. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and and, and you sorry, are. Austin. I don't mean I don't mean to, uh, to to cut you off, but um, yeah, like first to your first point about the tangibility of it, like um, you know, that's something I think uh, someone someone on one of our podcasts, Dennis, pointed out to me like a while ago, like when he first saw skating, he wasn't really attracted to it because it was like this all crazy big stuff, and it was like that doesn't seem like really relatable, and then he saw mm. stuff that was able to relate to, it. I was like, oh, that's cool, like. You know, there's a point in rollerblading where when I started, they had like really big tricks, but then people would like Vicky 360 off four stairs in the video as well. And you're like, oh, I could do mm-hmm. that. I could be in this video. But that's just like in terms of like the how it's presented. But how you're saying about like how things need to be narrated, that's something I've been like talking with Austin for, for a little while. And, uh, you know, the history of skating forever is just like tricks cut to music, edited, and presented yeah, in that yeah. way. And that's the formula. But just like anything like descriptive or explanatory, you make it real, make yourself a person is like, that goes so far because it's just, yeah, it's mm. just, um, it's like you said, it's like 
it's like rollerblading for rollerbladers are, are those yeah, things. It's yeah. like, it's not for anybody else. And like, you, and like you said, like it could be, if you're not like involved in all the way and you, it doesn't make sense. Do you, do you, uh, do you know a music, eh, very loose that you might know this, but do you know a musician called Jacob Collier? I don't know. Nah. So Jacob Collier is like a, I think a producer. And so he has had like a lot of success on YouTube and a lot of success i think on like tiktok i don't really i don't have that so i'm not sure but i think he's grown on there and he is like a geeky music buff so he makes like jazz and like classical genres that aren't you know like it's not pop music and it's, it's not like a trap beat so he's making like super intricate music and i've i don't mind that kind of music well i love it now but i don't i don't think about it much and then i watched a video of this jacob collier guy and he'll like talk through it and he made he made this one video right i think it was called like um there is no such thing as a wrong note and it was like an interesting title so i was like you know i make music so i was like well there is i can show you a lot of wrong notes <laughs> so i watched this video and um he like plays a little scale like a classic scale and he clicks a discord like you know he, he clicks a really bad sounding note but then he like does this thing where he like brings it back round, and then he starts talking about it and he has this such a passionate way of talking about it. And so I'm sat there, three hours go past. I've listened to him talk about music theory for the last like, yeah, three hours. And he's talking to these random guys who I don't care about, don't know anything about. And I'm like mesmerized because this guy just has an ability to communicate what he loves about music and complicated music to the average Joe. And what, these sports and this is what i tried to do with the parkour stuff and i hope to i hope that i had some success is that these things that me as like i guess an expert in parkour you know i've been in it a long time can call myself an expert in one thing i'd say it's parkour and i i i have this knowledge and i can explain it to someone who doesn't care about that like i can geek out as much as i like on old school parkour videos but your average Joe just doesn't know about that. And you need someone or just people that can talk to the average layman and explain why it's interesting. Because in this world, there's so many things you could get into and be interested in. You need mm -hmm. to see the story behind it and resonate with that character and resonate with that person. Yeah, I, I sort of think that could be an avenue that could really help Rollerblade and documentaries, youtube -y content. Mm -hmm. I think it I think it could help. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're, you're exactly right. And um just uh and, and something i learned from watching your videos you're really good at speaking and being able to deliver your message in a cohesive way and i've learned even from like starting you know with austin doing this podcast we're on like 116 episodes in the beginning we were like so bad and still there are times mm -hmm. i'm like god that i'm chopping up on my words and things like that but it, it takes like a particular like almost like voice and personality to achieve that. Like not just anyone can do it. And I think Biz mm. does a really good job because just like just his voice and the way he speaks, he's like really clear and he delivers such like a good message. And that we have like other people like Tom is fantastic. Moise, I think he's good. Yeah, yeah. But, but I but, but I agree. It's, it's it's a space that should be explored more and like, uh, you know, more relatable. I, mm -hmm. It's it's but yeah, I, I don't no, think I, everyone. Yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I don't think it's like, I think it's a thing that a lot of people want to do, but don't know mm. how to do it. And even just like, and how you explained it right there, it's like a really good breakdown of what is missing. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate what you're saying. Like, um, I think, yeah, I think there are people that do a very good job and the 
there are people like, cause I listen to like biz on his Instagram every now and then and, st and stuff like that. And so these guys do do a pretty good job, but it, it's one of the things is it's really hard to know the YouTube algorithm. So like Instagram, people probably see more success on but the YouTube algorithm is very hard. And it's like, you really got to like play the game and that becomes a thing in of itself. So that that's the other thing you might be great at telling a story, but if you don't know how to like clickbait your videos and you don't know how to get the retention of the video up that can kill a video so it's it's just there's so much to it where i might just say oh you need someone to come along and talk about it it's not quite that easy because you also need someone who knows the, the algorithm you also need all this so yeah i think there are definitely people who are doing it and like it's just gonna take time and it takes as you say the right people to come along and do it and like i i hope to be able to help in in a way that i can but at the same time i don't know loads about rollerblading and it's almost slightly disingenuous for me to like you know do tons of content on rollerblading if i don't know the history so i would do videos where it's like me learning that and then presenting it whereas these guys who have been in it a long time they're going to be able to make that really well uh but I, I would like to do more and so i'd like to hopefully work with guys like that um who can maybe collate the information and help me present it because that that is a thing I, i'm okay at is like uh, delivering the, the story, I suppose. Yeah. There's the, uh, the, one of your videos, the one we just talked about before where you learn how to skate in one week. And I, that's probably my, maybe your most relatable skating video because it's something that everyone can learn from. And it's not even just mm. the people who are outside of the sport that can learn from it too, because I told you before we started the show that I thought that was one of your most interesting videos as well, because someone who's been skating for so long, you don't get that insight into somebody's mind and you actually do learn mm. from stuff like that too. Like I learned a lot from watching your video, even though I've been skating for 25, 26 years. So huh. it's relatable on both ends. And yeah, like why do you think the, the video that you made with the history of, of rollerblading that has almost a million views, how did that get to a million views specifically? Like you, I know you try to direct the algorithms and clickbaity titles mm. and thumbnails and stuff like that, but that one in particular got like so many views. It had to have been shared more than just on the skating community, which it has been too, but yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you know the reason just, for that? I um, I do think the thumbnail is very strong. So like just, it's very simply, simply worded. Like why rollerblading died is so simple and just like straightforward people probably sit there thinking yeah what well, the fuck did happen a rollerblading so that's like there's going to be that already that bit of curiosity the thumbnail mm. is very like strong and that, that was something i worked on with my thumbnail guy so like you know we put time into making the thumbnails look right so it's like composed well the colors are strong it's it, it is very foreground so it's not like too far away where things look small um so that's like the technical side it and but then i do think just on like a public interest i do think it is just that that where people were like yeah what, what did happen a rollerblade like that was what made me make the video because i was curious i was like yeah so it just seemed to have more of a yeah more people were interested in that topic specifically and yeah it just it it was it was uh, yeah just a pretty like well there are things i'd have probably done differently about that video now but like it it yeah it was just pretty I don't know. It was a fun video, I think. And I think like the, the history that was in it. So maybe you click on the video and then you start learning more as you go along and you go, oh shit. Yeah, it did get to a really good level. Oh, I did. This did happen. Why did this happen? So what we do on like the YouTube videos is like front loads, the kind of hook and the interest. So you make like the first 30 seconds, like a reason to keep watching because you you can click on a YouTube video and be like skipping through it. 
because you, you're just trying to get to the interesting part. But if right at the beginning, it's like, look, this happened, this happened, this happened. It's like, oh yeah, shit. And so you're in for the ride sort of thing. So it was just a, a video that I think I found a lot of passion for because I try and put all my effort into every video, but there are just certain videos where I'm just like, this is very interesting. And I really wanted to do it well. That was the other part. I think I really wanted to like um, do it justice. And some people might say I didn't, but you know, like I, I felt like I wanted to put as much as I could put into it. And so it was a bit of that, and yeah, like there was um there's a there was a famous streamer who watched it and stuff, and that his reaction to it has like a hundred thousand views on YouTube. Oh yeah, and stuff. I saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's like I don't, I think it's the topic that I think you know I can do as good of a job as I can do, but at the end of the day, it just has to be an interesting topic to people. Like I've put as much effort into videos that have tanked, so so you know it's like something about yeah. that. So that's a good sign for for rollerblading that. There yeah. are, there is an interest for it. Yeah, I think so too. Because yeah. people, if nobody had any interest in role playing, nobody would have saw anything. And I feel like if you would have done that hmm. peak pandemic, like twenty twenty, March, April, May, something like that, when rollerblading was like really like on the uptick, like that would have been at five, ten million views, easy. You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Like the thing with the algorithm is you can you can really do everything you think is right. And then a video tanks and like it sometimes it is a bit of like a just mystery but there is there are things you can do you can up your odds you can and right. that's where uh, people will always struggle like when their videos don't do well there is usually quite a tangible reason like a youtuber will be able to look at it and be like you could have worked on that particular thing so that's one thing if anyone's like kind of watching and they're, they're thinking about trying to make content like really study the algorithm like be a bit like third person to yourself like what do i find interesting when i'm on youtube what am i clicking why am i clicking it, is it the colors is it what is it like what just be a bit like what is this a psychological thing it's marketing it's mm. like what what grabs people and why does it grab people so like i i see it a lot with content in parkour in in rollerblading like I like the video because I've clicked it, I've watched it because I had that sort of want to watch it, but I can see why this video hasn't taken off because you just haven't done a few things right. And so it is very tricky. I'm, I don't want to try and downplay it. And there is a bit of luck to it, as I'm saying, that that video just did just do well. So there is some element of luck, but you can up your odds. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a really fascinating perspective. And it's, it's cool to hear like all the things that, that go into it. Um, yeah, I'd be interested as well, like as, to your point before, like to see you continue like blading videos bec- from the perspective of, um, I think that's why I think it, it, it did so well as well, because you're not coming from like the, someone telling their own story, like, you know, like maybe like there could be like a dissociation, like Dunning-Kruger situation where you might not be able to tell your own story. So the, having that outside perspective of like someone being able to uh, to do that is cool. And I think if you do, just as a suggestion to what you were talking about before, continue to make blade videos. Um you know, maybe like uh, I saw you just did something with Air Dolphin, mm-hmm. but like it, mm-hmm. it, it's cool to like uh, maybe like engage and incorporate that because you can still come from the perspective of like, uh, you know, cur- genuine curiosity and uh, yeah, interest yeah. and that. Yeah. 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 Like the, here's a cool dude I found. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, exactly. that's, that's yeah, yeah. I really want to do a video because I watched your podcast with Brian Shima and I really want to do one on like that gap that ended his career and like that kind of story behind that because it's a strong title just in, in that'd be awesome yeah. yeah i really want to like tell that um so yeah that's that's one i want they're, they're the kind of things i also would like to do one on the um leap of faith leap of faith because that's quite an interesting story because like the skateboarders were doing it um 
Uh, just a complete side note. Has any rollerblader thought about doing the Leon 25? And is that, do you think that's possible? Do you know about that? I think a skater yeah. did the 20, did it? I'm pretty sure it's been done. I think um, I'm pretty I'm sure it was done before the skateboarder did it. And then the skateboarder did it and what? everybody lost their shit. And I, everyone was like, oh, a skater did that already. I'm like ninety. I'm like ninety percent. I'm like ninety percent sure that a skater did that before uh, the skateboarder did it. Okay. So just oh no 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 no! no, no. I, I'm, wrong, yeah. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Hang on. Hang on. I'm wrong. No, I, I'm wrong. Okay. I had that comparison of ski doing the twelve twelve, and I was like, oh, that's way bigger, okay. and that was no. overlooked. Oh, no, right. it's yeah. Specifically, the Leon twenty five. Yes. Um, which uh, what is it? Um, Ali. Um, oh, his name. Uh, Ali Balala. Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Ali, Ali, Ali tried it first, and then um, Aaron Jaws Hamoki uh, ended up landed it. Uh, landing it. By the way, there's a, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a really funny video of uh, Jaws skating. Have you seen that rollerblading? Oh really? Yeah. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it it, it, it there's uh he was with uh, Rob Scallion, this musician who's also a, a rollerblader. Oh, he's sick, man. He's so cool. We chat. He's a really nice yeah. guy. Oh really? Yeah. So they, they did a video together and and, Jaws, and like they were doing music together and he was showing him a bit about music and then Jaws took him out skateboarding and and uh, you know Rob went rollerblading and then he uh, uh, yeah. he let Jaws try it out. Um, Biz did a that. really good video about it. Yeah, it's actually pretty pretty interesting. I've just I've just yeah I've just searched that. I'm gonna watch that later. <laughs> cool. He's yeah, that's uh, a good one. He's sick. That Rob Scallion dude. He's did you see the stuff he did with Braille recently? No, I didn't see that either. Oh, he, he went he went over to Braille skate park and just shredded. Like, I didn't. I knew he was good, like, because I'd seen a few cup, like, couple clips. But he was like, yeah, he, he was saying to me, he messaged me, he was like, oh, have you seen what I did with Braille? And I was like, I was like, uh, I, I see the thumbnail, I haven't clicked it yet. He was like, yeah, I put my, this was me trying my best. And I was like, okay, you know, expecting it to be pretty good. And then, like, watching it, I was like, fuck, he's like sick. He's like a, a YouTube, massive YouTube personality, a sick musician, and a sick rollerblader. And he was saying, like, yeah, he, he would have wanted to go down the pro rollerblade route if the music never took off. So he's like a very legit skater. Wow. No, I, it's, I was really surprised when I was like looking at his stuff too. He's a really, really good skater. Actually, yeah. it would be cool to have him on the podcast one day Get him too. On, uh, man. He, would, he, yeah. he liked the post that I put up of me saying I'm going on this. So he would definitely, I'm sure he would definitely want to go on. Yeah, no, we, we, we've been in like a brief uh, contact interaction. So yeah, he's, sick. it's really sick. He's really sick cool yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah but back to back to my point on leon 25 then so do you think if that hasn't been done i, okay. I hope it hasn't because i'm making a video on it um and i've said it hasn't been done <laughs> so i hope someone can quickly try and prove that it, it might yeah it, it you know what uh, like i uh, to what austin said austin, i don't think it, austin, it, it i think your mic's muted my bad it could definitely be done i had a cough before <laughs> yeah yeah i see I, yeah I, I I don't know. Like I know it wasn't done before Ali Blala. That's for sure. Um, and maybe it was done. It's hard to say. That's a good question. I don't think so. If anyone knows in the content in the comments, um, any French skaters out there, I'm sure would know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you please think, put them okay, in the comments. So if you were to put forward your, your front your front runners to do it, who would you have? I'll tell you who I would have. Well, mm -hmm. I don't. Let's hear. I what can you only say. name one. I I think uh, Damon F. I forget what his real name is. Air Damon, Damon Franklin. On, on, Damon Franklin. Yeah, Damon Franklin. I feel like he because I saw him do this massive, um, like clear from a tree recently, and I was yeah. like, that's probably not far off of it. Like it was maybe, maybe it's different. It was a different. Setup. It's a it's a ramp setup, so yeah. it's a little different mm. than street. Yeah, but I was like the the impact looked maybe about similar. 
Mm, I, 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 that one looked more distance than height, and there was some height in it for sure. But I think the Leon set is significantly higher. Yeah. Um, Damn, if, who would if do I, that? I think you know. I think if Bellino was motivated, he could do it. Oh yeah, so um, Montre, Montre could probably. Montre, if he was motivated, he could do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it. There's not there's, and I'm not saying Air Damon can't do it. He could. He might be able yeah. to do it too. Um, I just know that, like in terms of their strengths, Air Damon's like more has more strengths on on ramps, and and John and Montre are more street guys, like the kind of straight big impact yeah. stuff. So yeah, that, that those are two off the bat. That's, that's I, I, an interesting I thing I, I noticed straight away with parkour and rollerblades. Because when I when I bought them, I was like really worried of like just fucking my ankle up because I have a bad ankle. I've like rolled it so many times and like my knees are pretty bad as well from parkour. And I was like really ca like careful. I was like, am I gonna do this? Am I gonna hurt my ankles? But I was noticing like rollerblades like they almost dissipate the momentum so the way i try and explain it because i get a lot of free runners when is we all have the same fear they're like is it going to mess up my ankles if i buy them and i was like no i don't think it will and maybe i'm wrong maybe it does happen but the the way the boots designed is that it seems because it's big you actually don't do lots of like ankle moving like this like your ankle right. kind yeah. of is stuck in the same place and it's more in your knee and then mm -hmm. so i was also I, I sort of liken it to in parkour if you were to land and always do a roll like on mm -hmm. everything if you could it would be similar because you're sort of spreading the momentum whereas in parkour yeah. you stick landings and you take the impact into your body and so the reason all our ankles and knees are, are fucked is because of the amount of impact we take when we're like 19 our bodies aren't strong enough and we're sending 19 foot running precisions whereas right. in rollerblades you're like you're gradually taking it so i've noticed my knees and my ankles and my just muscles and my legs are getting stronger from rollerblading so that's something I did notice is quite different between the two. Yeah, no, like, and, and it makes perfect sense because if you think about like what comes with like the gap in, in parkour or like doing it in your shoes, when you jump off something like you're absorbing the impact and you're having to stop. So there's going to be that, like, there's going to be mm -hmm. that like absorption that you just can't avoid. Or like you said, like, um, if you land straight into roll would like avoid that impact, you're dodging that in, in rollerblading, if you're landing a gap the right way like it could be huge but you could like you won't really feel it if you've like taken it right like and absorbed right like if you mm. if you land in the wrong way or land on the thing you could be like bam it could hit your feet and even if it's something off five feet just landing wrong it could hurt you yeah. but you, you, if you're doing something like massive and you just like the way the the writ like i guess the flow of the trick and the speed and how you land how you absorb it i've like yeah i've experienced like jumping really big things and be like oh that didn't like feel really? anything yeah, yeah, it's weird. Well, it's like the Leon 25 then. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Leon 25 because I'm making a, a video mm -hmm. on it. So would that, could that be done in a way that wouldn't, like, would you expect an injury out of that? Because everyone who did it pretty much injured themselves in some way or another. You definitely could. But person, as someone who's going to do that is experienced enough to know how to fall, you know, it wouldn't be just like a random person. And also skates have um, a shock absorption through the urethane of the wheels we have, you know, mm. heel pads in it. Some frames have bushings, like suspension kind of thing. So there's different ways to absorb the shock also compared to parkour or skateboarding or something like that. So it, what it is What would be the fear on a, on a landing like that? What would be like, okay, this is 
possible that this will go wrong because in parkour it was like bruised heel and that's what he did he, like, no th th that, that's what we have too like oh, so if like if you could bruise your heel the head um, i would think the head yeah you, you, could your head. you could also stick and go back you could also yeah. like lean too forward and take it straight to the knees so yeah, it's like yeah. sometimes you could be right on top of something and land like right on on your feet and just not in the right way and yeah you could like bruise your heels like uh stuff like that i, I would think that like most people would probably try to 180 it rather than forward air it. 180 is a little more realistic and easy. It's easier to land fakie than forward on skates. Yes. And I would yeah. Think what's that all about? Because it's like toes. That. I think it's the way yeah. you bend your knees. I don't know. What is it? Yeah. I, well, because like when, like, yeah, when you're, when you're landing forward, um, you're just landing in a way like, cause the, the, the way you absorb, um, the jump or the gap is like, you know, you bend your knees, right? So mm. when like you're doing that forward, like you're kind of doing, doing that in a way that's like, puts like a lot of more pressure on the top of your body. When you're doing it backwards, I feel like your body is positioned in a different way where your upper half is more in one position mm. forward, your lower half's behind you. So it's like more of a toes thing. That's my theory. I'm not a doctor. I, I, I don't know. Easier. I could be dead wrong, but yeah. <laughs> do, 180s do, uh, are definitely easier though than forward. Do airs. rollerbladers th think about that stuff much? Because this is maybe a cultural thing that might be interesting in parkour and rollerblading. I don't know. So I might be wrong, but parkour people tend to be very aware of like health and like also their bodily mechanics and like resting and recovery. There's a bit, there's quite a focus on health. Whereas I, I don't think skateboarding has that. Um, right. But yeah, parkour people would like might know the bodily mechanics that would lead to a good landing. Like it, certain ones would, they would be like, oh yeah, that's because of this flexor and this thing that happens in this part of your body. I was wondering, are rollerbladers a similar way, or they're not so much? No, not really. Yeah, no, I, was about to, I was about to say no. <laughs> there might be a few. There might be a few people who are like specific into health and stuff, but overall, generally, that doesn't seem right at all. And I, I'm thinking when you mentioned that, that's so funny. I'm thinking about like all skaters on tours everyone like partying every night and like fucking up their body and then just <laughs> out to like five in the morning and then waking up next morning, boom, and starting to throw themselves off the Leon 25, you know, like that's what I think right, about when I right. think of skating. Um, you don't, you don't want free runners to come into your sport or they are going <laughs> to ruin the culture. We're going to be like bringing foam rollers and like saying, yeah, you should be oh, really cooling down after that. Well, like, you know yeah. what? That's, yeah, we do that's actually, like that that, that's been happening because like, you know, like as we were saying earlier, like, it has matured rollerblading and you know i think in the beginning it was like a lot of that like you know um stuff and that's still there and people are still but you know yeah. a lot of people come out to this spot with like the foam rollers a lot of people are just yeah. like drinking a lot hey. of water stretch, <laughs> stretching you never saw rollerbladers stretch 15 years ago never yeah. people just went out there and skated but now you're seeing people that's stretch nuts. before the skates so yeah there's some uh it no it's it was uh i don't know i guess it was like again tied into like this kind of like thrashy like i don't really care kind of style like punk yeah, kid yeah. Uh, rebellious youth kind of thing angsty teen um and then yeah like uh you know people just really continue to love skating and just got older well, and i, I just think uh, i think like parkour it's like it's french in origin so you know there's a certain way that french people are so i think there's a like our culture comes from that. So it's like, mm -hmm. there's a phrase called be strong to be useful. We're, mm -hmm. we're very wanky. I'll be totally honest. We're very mm -hmm. wanky. Like we, we, uh, it's not uncommon. You'd see a group of free runners, like deep breathing, maybe doing yoga or some shit. Like we're a bit wanky, man, but mm -hmm. you get a lot of people there into that stuff. Like I, I do like the Wim Hof method. I go saunas and all that. I'm probably not like the advocate of health. Like I, I'm not as good. I definitely drink and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. you will get some free runners that, really understand health to some insane level 
And uh, I think it comes from the French origins because they they had like a strong philosophy, dude. And that's what makes free running interesting is like compared to all these other sports, which were just like back in the day, like obviously it's different now, but it's like it was dudes just trying to do dude shit. That was kind of the origins. And then it's changed over time. Whereas parkour was very much like these guys, these French people that were deep and brooding and they were like born in like really shitty areas of France and they were trying to find meaning and purpose. So there's a bit more of this sort of stuff. Whereas, yeah, I think rollerblades were like, yeah, we're just trying to huck some big stairs. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the case. And I feel like a lot well, of us we're are older there reading too. a book, reading a book on like life. You guys were like, you know, smoking joints. And <laughs> I mean, who, who knows? Who knows where rollerblading would be if we had that same ethos from the beginning? We might be, yeah. you know, flying around <laughs> doing crazy stuff. But um, yeah, um, I, I do see that like change. I, and it, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No. 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 You just made me think because I was like, yeah. But then parkour is not like now. I say that like parkour is almost having or had a rebellious pa- uh, phase where it was like looking at the OGs like you look you lot are lame. Like we're going to, we're going to stop being like that. So it is kind of funny how these cultures form in their own sports. Yeah. I mean, I hate to give like any like horrible ideas, but I feel like um, the parkour culture could tie really in with like graffiti culture, just based on where they can go. And like, they could just like be up on some, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's, is yeah, that the yeah. same thing? Those like pe- the parkour, like people on like the roofs like hanging off like oh, or is that okay. something yeah, different? Yeah. I'm, I'm with you i'm with you so like graffiti quite different like i don't mm. know anyone that does graffiti and that's quite yeah. a common thing people think like free runners probably do graffiti and it's interesting i i don't know why they don't but i think it probably is that <laughs> it just doesn't have that kind of like i guess edginess even though we like break and enter places i think that's probably uh, an interesting one but yeah like so very you very good question because that whole thing of like crane climbing was it was a very it was a controversy controversy basically it was like uh um hard to, hard to explain right so i i'm working on a bit of an exclusive but I'm, I'm working on something about that and i'll just leave it at that but basically okay. culturally it was like um parkour people would often do a thing called like night missions so this was like you were you're with your gang and it's late it's too dark to do parkour. So it's like, well, let's go climb something. Let's go. There's this drain pipe up, I don't know, three, four stories. So we could all like climb it, get to the top, sit on the roof, discuss life, talk about deep breathing. And like, that was kind of like a, a thing where right? it was called night missions. It was like a big part of the culture. So that was something we all did, but it was quiet. Like we didn't really talk about it. It was just sort of the done thing. And then over time, like when YouTube come about, someone had a good idea to put a GoPro on their heads and film what they were doing. And that escalated to having these celebrities that like become big names, making killings off of YouTube. And the whole thing just started getting more and more extreme. So it was like, you know, you go up on a little roof of your buddies, maybe do some shimmies across like window ledges and like doing some pretty cool stuff. But then they were like, climbing cranes and then it was like hanging off of cranes and then it was like breaking and entering to live television shows (laughs) and like overnight challenges like breaking into ikea and hiding somewhere and then when the store shuts you then jump around in it so like it it escalated escalated these guys were making killings off of it and um then a load of crap happened like youtube like demonetized all of these guys uh lots of problems with the authority like some some of them had 30 50 plus like police you call like you know like issues from the police getting wow. banned from city centers 
people went bankrupt because of so many legal fees. This whole crazy situation happened. And all the while, parkour sort of like didn't fuck with it, but did at the same time, because we all kind of did it. Like all of us would have climbed a crane or something, but we didn't like that the image of parkour was becoming that. So like when you would say parkour, you'd be like, oh, the dudes that are like hanging off of cranes. It's like, well, no, it's not quite that. It's more like, you know, people jumping around doing flips. And so that was becoming the image. And a lot of people had a lot of issues with it. There was a lot of beef. And yeah, I want to make something very in depth on that story because it's it's a very fascinating story. Yeah, that, that's definitely like a, a distinction that should be made if there's like two different things, because yeah. I would imagine one brings a lot of bad press to the other. And why, like, uh, mm. I would imagine the authorities probably cracked down because, you know, some people probably died, you know, because. Um... Yeah, there was a couple. There was a couple. But it was it was more like, say, <laughs> it was like people were, as I say, getting crazier and crazier. And they were doing stuff like jumping off of moving trains into, like, rivers. Like, that, that happened. Yeah. And they were finding that, like, the incident reports for kids doing shit like this like three four hundred percent increase in like a, a year it was like very much like influenced by these guys yeah. doing it and it was it was a weird one man because like i'm very much like a, a freedom loving guy you know i like americans because they're very much they like freedom and i think parkour has always had that thing in the back of its mind of like we're just trying to be free and do our thing so it's like i never want to say like someone shouldn't do anything like, i really do just think find your own there are things you probably shouldn't do but you're entitled to making that decision and finding out and making that mistake so i never want to tell someone not to do anything but there was always this thing where it was just like shit man like just don't like how this is sort of going for parkour and how it makes us look but at the same time i'm no one to say you can't do that you know mm-hmm. yeah mm. So it's a weird one, a strange part of the history of our sport. A video on that would be definitely really interesting because I know yeah. people people outside your sport love watching people hang off cranes and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. It's just interesting. I would for get I'd get I'd get demonetized off YouTube for making it, so I'm hoping to make it oh, proper wow. as like um yeah like a uh, I won't say it, but you know like how some, do you go around yeah. that? Yeah. How do you go around yeah. making it proper then if, without showing it? Uh, no, I get doing it off off of YouTube, so not doing oh, it on YouTube. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Mm, mm. All right. Thanks. That's yeah, the, well, that's, yeah. That's, that's, I would like to talk more in it because it's like so early days. I don't want to like you know spill the spill the beans, so to speak. No, it's gonna yeah. be a sick video on your channel either way. I mean, or not on your channel, whatever you decide to put it at. Um, yeah, I want to do it proper, man. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, I I want to see so like I I do want to see it'd be interesting to see if uh, rollerbladers adopt this model that parkour has started adopt with doing like the private content because I really believe in it. Like I really think if you and your mates are like putting out content online for free like uh, you know and however many views it's getting like someone if you did a really good thing it was like 40 50 minutes long already been an hour and i don't it might have already been like done i don't know and then you put that out on like a private platform and charge people to watch it Mm -hmm. it's like it's almost more special and it's like i as a fan i want to give money to like these dudes If, if people are like putting their heart and soul into rollerblading and like risking it or maybe not risking it but just putting their heart and soul into it doing sick shit and making a cool ass video and they asked me for a few pounds to watch it i would definitely pay that and like knowing that that money's going straight to them and that that's supporting the industry and that they might be able to do more for that and they might be able to you know pay sponsor athletes who, who who fucking knows but like i'd be curious to know if yeah rollerbladers have thought about doing those kind of like long form pieces yeah Definitely. Yeah, I mean, 
but like to, to, to one um, to your earlier what you were saying, like, I, th- I agree. I think if you build it, they will come just like if you if you make something and put it out there, put your heart, put your passion into it, then you'll get more support for it than you think, because people are willing to support uh, these kind of yeah. things. But um, yeah, I, I think that some people it's something like we've been trying to push for a while of uh, I've been saying now, like to the all the writers who are involved in rollerblading now is like the time to like write something, do a piece. Like I'm slowly, I'm kind of super busy, but I'm slowly working on a, working with JP on doing like a documentary piece. So, cause right now our oh, documentary thing would be, would be barely dead, you know, and that would be yeah. 15 years old and everything like that. So we're like, we're talking about doing something like that. That would be new. And you know, he's busy, I'm busy, but we've been like cracking away at it. But so that's oh, something. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think we need to, encourage like that kind of that kind of stuff you know i think just take the first step for people who who want to do that yeah you're pretty much talking about vod's for the videos like vod's video on demand right it's what you're talking about pretty much like yeah so no no no, well no because he's saying like a 40 50 minute piece and like the the vod like we discussed is kind of like the model that has skating editing music and like something you're talking about something more like um in depth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? like the the, the yeah. rock climbers do a lot of it, like free solo and stuff mm. like that. Right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely like, like that. Longer form. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see something like that too. That's a bit different. That's that's cool. that, that's something I would like. You know, if if you ever want help with making something long form, that's like definitely what I want my future to be. Because the whole thing was like when I was young, I wanted to be a filmmaker, like proper make movies and shit. And then I went down this route, and I love this route. But it's like this to me is like a means to an end where it's like can make some money to mm. to put into projects that I could eventually make like long form things and it's like, a vehicle might yeah. Some... yeah yeah definitely yeah. and it's like um yeah I'd love to be a part of if they're you know if you guys are working on something and you need like help writing and shit like that that's that's where my talents are really like I'm not I'm not going to be fantastic rollerblading but I can tell a mean story so that's like the kind of thing I, I want to move towards and uh, work with people on because like you know even watching like because one of my favorite videos recently was uh the rising video that you guys mm-hmm. did i really mm-hmm. fucking love that like thank you it was just a very cool video and like something like that to me i would pay to watch that and it's like i can understand why you might put it on youtube but yeah i don't know i just think there is an angle for it and i think it just takes someone to do it or, or like do it really well and mm-hmm. then i think more and more people will do it yeah no i'm i think and normally under any other context we probably would have sold that that one but uh it, it was just like to go with like the launch of the company the brand so we were just like you know is mesmer a new brand then yeah mesmer is a skate company uh, yeah yeah because i see you have the the blades where it's like there's like artwork on the bottom right and it's like it, it, yep white white uh like base thing and like frame Soul plates. That, black, yep. that black piece of art is so hard i don't know what what it is do other people do that shit because it just like, i see that and it just everyone that posts it i'm like that i don't know it just looks hard <laughs> sick no um the, the the graphics on the bottom of the soul plate like uh yeah mesmer was like uh, we were like the first ones to do that um it hadn't been yeah. done prior so yeah That's um mad. we weren't <laughs> yeah we, we weren't sure if it was possible we were getting like all these samples and they came out light and they had to mess with like the I guess just how 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 they did it, and then it just came out really well. So now we got it dialed, and yeah, yeah, it's cool. Thank you. 
I, I was like, when I saw that, I was like kind of pissed off with my rollerblade <laughs> choice. I was like, I should have, should have waited. <laughs> I, I, I can picture in a Base few, white. I can picture in a few years, like after a bunch of different soul plates with graphics have been up, like being able to hang them on your wall, like art pieces, like all next to each other, like different through the years, like different yeah. mesmer soul plates, different artists. I think I can picture that on on people's walls, and that that's something cool and different yeah. that no one has done in skating. But you you just mentioned something that I wanted to talk about also with you because you. In the video where you started skating for that one week, you you said you did all this research on like what skates to buy, whatever, and then you were just like, "Fuck it, I'm just buying whatever I think looks cool." And you bought a pair <laughs> of Razor Colts, and it doesn't really matter what skates you buy if it's your first pair, as long as you're just getting on them. That's like the most important thing. I, I was curious what you were looking for in a at a pair of skates as somebody who's yeah, tr- yeah. buying their first pair. You know, I, I wear white shoes a lot, and it's well, like off white, so like that kind of like yeah like off-white sort of color shoe and i was like all of my outfits they tend to go well with (laughs) so i was just like i could get all these fancy ones and then i just saw this one i was like they kind of look like my shoes so i'm gonna go (laughs) for it i kind of like the uh kind of like the um like that brown bottom bit because i didn't like the ones were all white to be honest i regret getting white ones because they're so scuffed now but at at first, I thought they were going to be gleaming forever. And as well, the other the other thing I didn't think about is like the trousers. So I tend to go for that kind of like um, wide leg trouser, just slightly where you get that kind of like what skaters wear, you know, where it's like that little bit of point and you see your sock. Right. It's like the style. I don't know, I don't know why. But then I, I forget that like is when you wear rollerblades, they're like big. So you kind of need trousers that go over it. So almost you want like boot cut trousers. I suppose that's why you get boot cut trousers. So to go over a boot so it's like uh, trying to work the style of it but honestly it's just style i just liked how they look and um that's probably the most important thing to me and i know that's not the most important thing i just i like how things look just of. wanted white skates yeah, no, I, yeah mean... I did and then instantly regretted it <laughs> yeah you know you know white skates don't last like white sneakers do at all in any way uh, you can't keep them uh, clean no matter what you do they're going to be all scuffed up and, and dirty yeah yeah someone's so cool. someone like because i complained about it and someone was like yeah but it's like your mark of like you know it shows that you've been rolling it's like i don't know what i fucking want like <laughs> I, you know i don't want i want them to look nice man it's like <laughs> so that was a bit dumb but like i i want to get to be honest i'll probably buy uh, the mesmer ones next but i don't know we'll see i also really like the uh ones that bobby spaz spazov has the purple ones Roses, yeah. domestic punk things but the only thing i think with those is like um how many outfits is purple gonna go with <laughs> again I, i'm i'm a bit i'm a bit like that <laughs> so it's like yeah you know like how many like outfits is purple gonna go with unless you wear certain things like you know so it's kind of that and that's why probably and this is the same with parkour everyone wears black shoes because black, or if you release a parkour shoe, it will always be black, most likely, because black just tends to go with most most outfits, and that's it's a safe color. So I'll probably end up getting a black pair, like everyone. But, yeah. yeah, it's it's a, it's <laughs> the same thing. Like uh, it's the same thing in blades. Like blades forever were just like black and white, and uh, because you know you, you, they kind of go with so many different things. But um, it's it's cool to see like the different blades. Like you know you got the yellow one, you got the purple one, and all, and all these different ones. The red one, and it's but it's it's a uh, it's it's like a novelty, like you know, in, in terms of like if and like that the, the fashion is something that has always been a part of rollerblading from the beginning, whether consciously or subconsciously. But now I think it's like a more refined and mature. Yeah, so like yeah. people are being more conscious of how they're organizing, how they look and presenting themselves. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like even like for me, like I was like, oh, I don't give a, a fuck how anyone looks, how they dress or whatever. I just want to see some 
But like, you know, if you're filming yourself, you're presenting yourself, you know, so that mm. stuff is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I always think Bobby just dresses so cool. He has like a sick style. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's a thing of like, I've made a video about parkour with the same angle, which is like, it's something in if you feel like it's, it's that sort of thing like you, you go on a date a really fancy date with your missus you're gonna wear you know like somewhere nice you're gonna wear like a suit and you're gonna be walking around like billy big bollocks you're gonna be feeling good and it's that sort of thing of like when you when you yeah it, you look good you feel good and there there's probably that subconscious thing that you actually start moving better so like in parkour when i was chatting to someone it was like yeah like when i'm dressed like bummy because back in the day we used to wear like baggy ass joggers and i know rollerbladers did as well and yeah. it was like um it was like yeah i don't know just when you look back you're like Shh, we all dress like homeless people that's mm -hmm. that's what we have to look all of my young pictures and me looking like i could have been sleeping out front of tesco's like i yeah. could have been <laughs> on the street and it's like it's, it's like uh yeah but then when you dress a bit you know cooler or whatever just dress in a way that you like and you feel comfortable with you actually find that your movement looks better so like bobby does something and he he does like i don't know i might be wrong here but he does like i guess simple sort of stuff like it isn't like he does do some big stuff to be fair but like it's just stylish stuff and so when he dresses super well it like enhances that and so it just looks fucking cool whereas if mm -hmm. you've got some guys like hunched over and he's like you know dressed you know, not good. I just, you could be doing similar stuff, but it looks better when someone presents himself well. It's art. No. It's art. At the end of the day, what we're doing is a visual thing. Yeah. And it's like, it, yeah. it needs to look cool. Yeah. Or fashion, because it's yeah. like sneakers. Skates are like sneakers, like fashion, you know? No, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's fashion. It's, it's artistic. It's, it's like a, it's like a mark, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's a lot of things. Um, But like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the older skater, Dominic Sagona, but he was like the first one that was, kind of you should check out some of the stuff i think you'd like it but like yeah. in the earlier days he was um really trying to accentuate certain movements and i think that bobby's doing something like that it's it's not so much about like the craziest trick but it's more about like the intention of of yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're trying to present and i think he, he's very conscious in that in that way and bladers are getting more conscious in, in general of that now and, and more self-aware in that way so i think it's like a really good you, step you'd probably be interested to look at like japanese trickers like there's a guy called oh fuck what's his name he's he's kind of like regarded as the best tricker on earth at the moment let me just quickly try and do it but basically he what's a tricker there's something about oh okay so tricking <laughs> i don't know like, what that is <laughs> Tricking, it, it comes from martial oh, come on, sorry, man. I really want to get this name, but I know people don't want to hear me searching for something. I'll get his name in a minute. But, like, um, tricking is basically a descendant of martial arts where, you know, if you watch, like, someone doing their belt um, exam for, like, taekwondo, taekwondo, they'll, like, do loads of kicks on the floor and they'll, like, punch the air and they're just, like, doing this, right? And they're trying to do it with perfect form. They're trying to make it look really tough, like, really nice. And then... They combo it all together and they're doing like a presentation. So this, I'm trying to remember the exact roots, but I think it was to do with like, I think there's some sort of like monk type thing where you'd get these guys doing like these crazy kicks. They're like jumping, spin around, completely ineffective kick. Like in reality, you did that in a fight, you're going to get floored, but it looks right. cool. And so these guys started getting into martial arts for that. They were like, they liked that shit. They liked doing like superhuman spinning kicks. And so tricking was birthed out of this idea of combi combining various tricks perfectly 
and then flips came into it. And so what they'll do, they just have flat ground. You often find them in like gymnastic centers and they just link together tricks, but with loads of kicks and spins. So it's not like a gymnastics floor routine where it's all upright and, you know, like a triple backflip. They will do shit like that, but they will mainly be doing like combinations of like techie kicks and stuff like this. And so there's a guy who, uh, it's really killing me that I think his name's like I I no I'm not going to try <laughs> but I think is he's he's so sick and there's just something about the Japanese guys that do it because a lot of the Japanese trickers there's a few that moved over into parkour and just the way they dress because Japanese people tend to have very good fashion uh, if you've been to Tokyo you, you, they all dress so well and like so when they do stuff it just has this steeze that looks different and um, yeah I can't I don't really know what my point with that was but it's just something in the in the way that they dress and the, the way that they move the movement. god i'm gonna try and find this guy yeah yeah and it just like accentuates it i typed um, in so, japanese yeah, oh, no, trick. Was... i, I typed yeah, in japanese tricker that. and i try to find the name and i'm not even gonna tell you what popped up on my <laughs> google search <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful with them googles <laughs> it was ridiculous but i feel like people like that would be interesting in skating too because i don't know if you watch yeah much, that was the point yeah i don't know if you watch yeah. much wizard skating stuff but there's a guy leon bassin he's a canadian guy oh he's not actually canadian but he lives in canada now and he has put like certain little kicks in his skating as well i don't know if he had any like kind of karate or any type of background but he has put like yeah. type of moves like that in, and it looks really i in my opinion looks really sick too and i could imagine somebody who does that for you know as a hobby or whatever I think, yeah, that, was, that was kind of that was kind of the point i think i was starting to make and then i derailed but like he um it'd be interesting to see guys that can do really good trick in rollerblade because they um so you you do this thing in rollerblading called a um i don't even know what you call it in rollerblading but it's it's called a double leg in tricking and in parkour so it's sort of like you also so you have different names for everything so a misty flip in parkour is called a side flip and so uh a d leg or a double leg is like where you jump and you whip your legs in front of your face and you land so eugen enin does one in i forget what video it is i think it's the one with like some daft punk music and he goes down a stair his stair set where he sort of turns jumps swings his legs around his yep. face and lands mm-hmm. yeah do you know what that's called in rollerblading I don't no. think it has a name in rollerblading. I don't, I don't think it's a really like made its way into our sport yet. Oregon probably but done that's it. what I mean, man. Yeah. That's what I mean. So it's like that whole thing, like that style of trick has 10 fucking thousand million variations off of it. So like you could do that and tuck different and add an extra spin. There are so many different tricks like that. So if you got a tricker, trickers would arguably be better at it than parkour if you wanted that sort of flippy sort of thing. And like they would be able to do insane because i thought about trying to huck a few like you see roller skaters do aerials every now and then which is where you kind of like duck down and swing your legs over but i've been thinking of hucking some of them because i can do those on on concrete so i was like i'm gonna try them on blades at some point but i've only seen yeah like oigan and a couple other guys do like some quite i would say rudimentary tricks so like that's level one of tricking and there is like five other levels where they go insane there's i i could geek out on this for a long time but yeah there's like guys that do insane shit and i think yeah that could be a very cool angle i I will try and send you this this video of this guy but he's like known for being the best tricker on earth yeah i'd be interested to see mad torch that there's Mm. there's Mm. for forever for years decades there's been just skaters only doing stuff with their feet on a ledge or a rail it was the same thing for 
like 15 years or something like that or 20 years until people recently started incorporating other things in it but like you could use other parts of your body in different ways you use your arms and legs in different ways the angle that you put your feet your legs in the air like it's all there's there's so much yeah, shit. Yeah. and i want to see even with your skating too like to incorporate your parkour with skating also like learn the tricks obviously learn how to grind and stuff like that too but mm-hmm. like i know you're not going to be scared to do it but i would love to see what you come up with putting your parkour into skating as well I find yeah, I finally found the name. His name's Shosi Iwamoto. So he's someone to check out. But yeah, I definitely want to do that where it's like, yeah, just I know I got to a, a decent level with parkour probably like five or six years ago and then injured myself bad. So uh, the stuff I was good at is like power parkour moves. And there's there's a little bit of overlap for roll like to rollerblading in what that can do, but that's mainly stuff that rollerbladers do. So I, the thing I would like to get better at is tricking, and that's what I'd love to really bring. And but to be fair, like vaults and stuff, I've been thinking about trying some of those. Mm-hmm. There's like cool, just spinny vaults where you like spin on your body and shit, uh, and you can do that in blades. I just haven't really like it's kind of scary doing a vault with wheels because like you normally stop, so like you do like um uh, what do they call it like a uh, there is a gymnastics term for it um i don't know so when you jump and take off you kind of like hit into the ground and then take off it's like mm-hmm. a punt or something like that isn't the name but um you can't do that on blades because you're just constantly moving so it's like a bit different you don't get this sort of like a uh, stop push it's kind of like a constant thing so right. there's more of a chance when you're vaulting I, th- I would guess um that you would slam your knees into the wall unless you've just got the technique down properly nice so yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a little while of like i really want to learn how to rollerblade from like get good at just movement because this was the thing when i was chatting to air dolphin he was like explaining there are guys that can hit these big handrails that can't really rollerblade like they yeah. <laughs> they, they can rollerblade but they can't like they're not like cruising and they're not like super in control and i'd really like to just get the backbone down well before i get too insane but then saying that the other day i was like rollerblading at a park and i saw this transition where it was like a, a half pipe that was probably about my shoulder height and then there was a flat top for like maybe eh, two feet into another half pipe and so i was just like gunning it i was just getting really confident that day going like you know like running on rollerblade like when you start like sprinting almost, right yeah, yeah you do that side that side step would you call it a crossover I love that. That's just such a fun thing to do. So I was doing that and I was going really quick and I was hitting this half pipe just to try and jump up. Like that was the first time I'd ever jumped up onto a half pipe. But I did it and I fucking flew. And I was like in the air and I landed. And I was like, I could genuinely see myself transitioning this. Like Mm -hmm. if I can figure out how to hit the land in the other side and not like slide straight out. I was like, yeah, I could see myself doing that. So shit like that, parkour is probably going to give me a bit of a head start because I know I could jump it. So there's a good chance I can probably do it on blades if I know how to manage the landing, you know? Yeah, there's there's so many. It's like endless what you could do with it. I love seeing people do Kongs. Is that what it's called, a Kong? Yeah, yeah. I love yeah, seeing cool. people do that. I know Damon does like 360 Kongs on um, stuff. And yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know, I think you know like who Matt Ledoux is, like a Canadian um, parkour person who does skating also. And he used to do a lot of Kongs on parking garage like talking about the roof to roof stuff like parking garage like one level to the other level um doing the kongs and that that, that he's awesome he's he's the originator uh crossover bringing like the parkour to rollerblading he was uh the og of that yeah he's sick man he was in a a video called concrete circus which i don't know if you guys would have oh yeah you did see it yeah so it was like actually that's funny because 
Eugen's video wasn't that called Concrete Circus? Yeah, he, it, it was. It was inspired by that. From what I was, ah! from what I, from what I read, yeah, it was inspired by that. I think that's sick. Shit, I did. I just put that like, yeah, that. <laughs> just click. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just click. So like, yeah, he he was sick, and I remember like in parkour, people knew about. That was probably an early person I knew about rollerblading because I do remember some people sharing his videos around. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Oh, Matt, because he will do stuff like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So people would do stuff like Kong. He would do like, yeah, Kong precisions. We would call it. So it's like Kong land on something else he wouldn't do it i guess to like with a considerable gap he would often do it on like so say you got a wall here but yeah and then you've got like a flat wall there he would just drop down whereas like people will do in parkour really big level ones obviously yeah. you can land on your feet so it'd be interesting to see um a big kong precision done on rollerblades where you have flat a flat landing so you could vault it there's a big gap in between and then you land and roll that would be sick mm -hmm. and then stuff like uh double kongs i've never seen someone like hit a proper double kong on rollerblades where i don't think i've seen that either two walls yeah mm -hmm. two walls with a gap in between so like maybe i think i've seen air damon f or damon franklin frank whatever his name is <laughs> i've never seen i think i've seen him like do it on like a flat top thing where he's like d double konged like that but it'd be really interesting to do it with like a gap in between because there's a lot that can go wrong in that like if you if you don't hit it right you're just going to land into the wall so that would be like sick to watch yeah yeah wow there's a lot of core in there yeah. to keep your legs up with skates that, yeah, on your feet, like yeah. the weight to, for a double con oh uh, yeah yeah it would be yeah, yeah. and then well, what else yeah. you could do con you i've never seen someone do a say again I was like, you want to hit that? You got to spend a lot of time on the pull-up bar. You got to get yeah. the upper body proper for <laughs> right. a double kong. Oof. Well, to, to be honest, double kongs are just momentum. So, like, double kongs are very easy to do. Like, you could probably learn it in a day in a gym. Like, if you go to a gymnastics center, you'd be able to – most people do. You just set up a block and you send it because a lot of it is momentum. But where it becomes – it's just really – I had a phase probably five years ago where I'd, like, send double kongs. Everyone did. There's always these phases in parkour, and I'm guessing it's probably the same in rollerblade where like there's a hot move for like a year. Everyone does this one move. I don't know if you, you get this, but there was like double Kongs. There was a time where everyone was just doing Kongs. It was like mm -hmm. parkour would figure out, oh, there's this new thing. Let's see how far we can take it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so double Kongs just started getting hit a lot and I was doing a fair few of them. And it was just a mental game because honestly it is just momentum. It's, it's not really strength. It's just run, hit up, get your hips nice and high, and then you're flying. But that gap in between and all that can go wrong and there's n the thing with them there's no work up to it so in parkour a lot of the time you have some sort of prerequisite so you could do like a, a thing before the big thing so it's like i don't know maybe yeah you've seen, no totally you've seen, yeah I, I but the mm -hmm. thing is with rollerblading you don't maybe you have it but like committing to a grind you've got to commit to the grind actually no that's a lie because i watched your video where you were like standing on the rail and then you were putting a hand up onto the rail. Oh, then, nice. See? Yeah, no, yeah, they're inside out. Yeah, there's a work. Thank you. There's some workup uh, things in blading you can do. Some things, some spots, they're just, you just got to do them and you could warm up in whatever other way. But like, I, I'm completely relating to like everything that you're saying in this, like, not only like the, the workup, but also like there are moments in, in uh, skating where like, that's the hot trick. You know what I mean? I think yeah, uh, that, yeah. that, that's, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's like the, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. So like, yeah, I, I would see double Kongs as being sick on rollerblades because in theory you could go further. And the biggest one that ever was done was by a guy called uh, Toby Sega. And he, you've probably seen the clip because it's like a viral clip from like 2012 and he did it 
over <laughs> this clip's a joke man it's like he did it over like a 20 foot drop if you just type in toby sega double kong it will come up and he like did it over like the, probably not 20 foot. it was a tall drop and big thick walls it was massive super high stakes and he just sent it outside and it was like never never beaten and that was done probably like 2012 i'm gonna guess and like yeah that's something you could see being done on blades but you'd in theory be able to do it further because you go a lot quicker so that would be mad but a lot will go wrong <laughs> there'll be a lot of uh bodies on the journey toward the biggest double kong ever i just looked up <laughs> i just looked up that that's double true. kong it's insane i can't it's just not the face gets me every time like if you mess up and just rock your face on a kong let alone a double kong yeah. with a 20 foot drop like that's insane yeah, yeah. I think yeah, have I ever bailed a double kong? I can't remember. I don't think I have. Not outside. I've bailed them in gym, and you just it's fine because it's like a soft block. But outside, you don't want to bail them. I've seen people no bail them. It's just nasty. It's no like way. so such a horrible. It's a face to a concrete yeah. wall. That, that's why, yeah. that's why I'm like I have so much respect for people to do that, especially when they do them on skates and like how Damon does them. He has them on ramps where he's going like way faster, you know. So yeah, yeah, you know, much but respect, it's, it's much props right for that. When you, it's all right if you do it to like a flat top because there there is a sort of bailout where you can kind of like go legs to the left so like a good one is just clean like uh, yeah like legs through but if you're bailing it you can kind of go legs like around your arms and stuff so you can bail out of it it's harder though if you're going to something thin so if the wall you're kong into is thin mm -hmm. that's really hard because you've got like a specific Bit, like people have done big ones on rails so like you have two handrails and people have vaulted bro the level that parkour got is got to is just fully nuts like people do front flips landing on a thin rail from a rail takeoff it's like the level the level of like precision is insane and I, the thing i would liken it to in rollerblading is like the precision you have on certain grinds like i see this one of neil's Janssen or Janssen doing this mm -hmm. big clear. I don't think he ever landed it, but it was like an ender clip on, on one of his videos. He done this big clear down a big stair set and then land in a grind. And the level of fucking precision he must have had to hit that. Hit it so mm -hmm. many times he never landed it. But like that's probably a similar type thing as to like flipping to a hand row on parkour. Yeah. That's more relatable yeah. for us too, because when we do it's called a disaster in skating when you like you jump really far to a grind on a rail, but like you're only jumping to like a two inch space on your skate to like a two inch yeah. rail. And the same thing in parkour too, you jump on that, you have to land on your foot, but you're still like you can't land on your toes really, because you'll just case your Achilles tendon or backwards or no, vice yeah. versa, whatever it is. Yeah, there's such little margin for error. Like what happens, the most common is that you call it like a shinjury. So it's like, you probably have the same, I'd have, I'd have thought. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> you, know you, that. Shin, you would just, yeah, yeah, you just shin. Cause that's the thing I've been trying to learn how to soul grind and I've hit a few now, but like, I want to get shin pads because yeah. I, I just like, I've tapped my shin and I've been like, mm, I can see where this is going. Yeah, shin guards <laughs> are definitely good for learning how to skate. And uh, like anybody who's seasoned in skating, our shins are just like, like a mountain range oh, like yeah. from all the years yeah yeah that's well funny because that is the same thing in parkour it's like your shins are just this like scarred <laughs> like my mate my mate like we've i've seen them where you could see the bone like people have had yeah. such bad yeah ones we've, we've done that too <laughs> yeah. no shins, yeah like man. what a stupid part of the body <laughs> <laughs> we need some meat on those shins you know why did they design yeah. us like that why are we what? designed this way ridiculous Let's get it's some meat on these like, shins <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I also think this about the fucking ankle, dude. It's like ankle is your your point of contact to earth, 
and it's this flimsy fucking blow in the wind joint <laughs> that can just pop out and it's like why am i why am why is my body so strong like why is my core like my, my hips you're yeah. not gonna pop a hip out very quickly yeah you're, i don't know stupid i mean i'm not trying to blaspheme you know. <laughs> <laughs> humans will evolve eventually with all these sports coming out maybe a few hundred thousand years we'll have like ankles like huge big ankles yeah. and we'll be like yeah Titanium. there you go skates yeah, are gonna have to get it. a bit wider but at that's that point. the thing man do you not think because I, I have this chat about the metaverse a lot and that's, okay. that's a trendy <laughs> chat do yes. you not think like uh do you not think that's like it's, that's shit at that point because it's like what makes what makes things sick is that it's hard so like if if the human body is like just a tank, it's it's no longer cool. It's like yeah, well of course you fucking you landed on your <laughs> fingertip. Your fingertips made of like That's true. robot blood. I don't know, just some shit. Whereas it's like yeah, I don't know. You kind of need the limitations to make stuff interesting, I suppose. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, you definitely do. Yeah, so, it's it, it it'll be like that, like reminiscent era, like kind of how we are now about the nineties. I'll be like, remember when you know there was. There was risk in these actions. Ha ha ha. Before yeah, yeah. completely different. Legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like when we're in the fucking metaverse, it's like, oh cool, yeah, you you landed on the moon. Sick. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to it. I don't, I think the metaverse is I don't I don't see it happening, man. Like, bro, like my television, like Alexa doesn't understand me. If I say something to Alexa, she's like, What, what was that? So and you're trying to tell me I'm gonna be living in this computer. I don't believe it. I don't believe technology is anywhere near that level. Yeah, I'm, I can't I'm, I'm, work the remote to my television. <laughs> and there's st- there's still going to be like the like that the out- even if it does get to that point, there's still going to be like the people that are so detached from it, like living out in the in the sticks that just uh, yeah yeah it'll be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I think if if it did go into practice, I'd be one of those people. I'd go like you know more toward the human yeah. side. It, yeah, it just it, seems boring to me. Like I don't know what seems it, boring. Yeah. The metaverse. It just oh, the seems metaverse like, seems boring. I thought you were gonna say yeah, not it's... living in the metaverse is boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It just seems too. I don't know. It's just too good. It becomes crap. Like yeah, mm-hmm. yin and yang. Right. You need good and bad, man. You know, come on. This is my parkour spiritual backgrounds. <laughs> no, exactly. It's it's like that uh, Twilight Zone episode where like the guy gets everything he ever wanted and then he realizes yeah. he's in hell. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, gotta man, be careful like, about that most... stuff. The most important lesson I learned as a kid was watching uh, Fairly Odd Parents and Timmy Turner wished that it'd be Christmas every day. And then it was Christmas every day. And by the third day, he fucking hated it. So <laughs> there's lessons to be learned. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Christmas every day sounds like hell for Christmas every day sounds like hell for an adult because I feel like every yeah, adult yeah, yeah. hates it's the holidays like now. Yeah, so much work. Yeah. Yeah. You weigh like fucking 20 stone and you eat a mince <laughs> pies every, every Your bank day, account's like, empty. Oh. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it ain't as yeah. always crapped up to me <laughs> <laughs> uh i guess we're gonna open it for questions soon uh i know there's one yeah. other thing i wanted to talk about billy i don't know if you had anything else before we move on to questions or anything like that um let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor blank everyone check out the new sean keen blank skate uh give them a follow on instagram at blank rolling products check them out thank you for sponsoring the show thank you for your support um one thing before we open up for questions, oh, like we say every episode too, of uh, the super chat questions go, we prioritize super chat questions. We split our super chats with our guests. So keep that in mind as well. And we also have our Patreon questions to get to also. Yeah, get that money going. Get those get pounds. Money, get those pounds get for your boy money, Jimmy. Mate. It's giant. <laughs> um, conversion rate might change it, but it will change a little bit. <laughs> we get all types of currencies in this though. We get New Zealand dollars, we get pounds, euros, yen, we get it all. 
It's out of control. Uh, the money flow. Yes. Yeah, it's just nuts. Uh, it's crazy. Maybe in the metaverse, in the metaverse, we're all using Bitcoin. It'll be a lot easier. Yeah, it's all Ethereum and Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I want to place next to Snoop Dogs in the metaverse. So we, we gotta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing I want to. Leon Twenty Five will be a joke in the metaverse. Oh yeah, for the sure. Leon, be the Leon, Leon Five Thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Leon Five Thousand. <laughs> Sounds like an album, like a new rapper. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, a good yeah. band, actually. That's a really good band name. Yeah. Leon, yeah, 5, yeah, Leon Five Thousand. That's a sick. I'll write that. Just, write that I'll down. That <laughs> um, but I was going to ask you, so I, so I know you're on a, a bit, but I just, it just come to my my my, my mind. But there's an old thing in rollerblading, and I can't remember for the life of me the name of it. And you might be able to tell me it was called like I'm at your spot or like I match your trick or something. I am it was like a protest. I am YTA. God damn. I am YTA. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, I just wanted to remember the name of that because I went to look into that for a video because that that is very interesting. interesting. Yes, that yeah, that whole that, story behind it. I am YTA. It would make it easy for you to remember. It's I match your trick association. So it's uh, I got I match your trick. Like, I, when I was trying to think about it, I, was like, I match your trick, but it's the association. And if you're going to yeah. do a video or something on it, contact John Julio, he was the guy behind it for I the tried most part. to, but I think he's like, a, you know, he's a, the busiest he's guy in the world. He's a busy boy. He's a busy I tried guy. to get hold of him, yeah, yeah. So he'd be cool. He's sick. I, I got into him recently. I kind of that was the thing. I did this top 10 list, and I was like, quite aware that I'm definitely going to miss loads of people. But when I was like, I found him, I was like, fuck. And him and yeah. was it Dustin Latimer as well? Oof, yeah, yeah. I was like, how the fuck did I miss those? But... I mean, you can make a new, you can make a new extended <laughs> version of that. But that that was extremely interesting too to see who you thought, or who not who you thought, but who you found the most interesting skaters. Being somebody who was so new to skating, it didn't really know that much about it because you don't really know how hard a lot of things actually could be or are and to see uh, mm. generally i noticed that you like style which is i guess makes sense because if you can make it look good to anybody it's definitely helpful in yeah that sense. yeah but yeah a lot of a lot of parkour influence in certain people and a lot of people who seem to go big and, and style i noticed was like the thing that you yeah. enjoyed the most which all makes perfect I sense think, i think yeah that and like uh, yeah like because i've been getting into the them skates videos as well and when you watch those guys it's like just it's kind of interesting knowing that they were like big huck boys like they used to send stuff and then now it's more you know some big stuff but it's more like style and shit yeah um it's inter- a lot of sports have gone in that direction actually like skateboarding i mean yeah it's, a lot of them have been focused more on style in like the last 10 years yeah i i feel like your top 10 list was on point though by the way Oh, sick. Yeah. Oh, wicked. No, Almost every person you said, I was like, that's a very good choice. Excellent choice. Like, really good. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> yeah, because I wanted yeah. to try and do new gen and old school, because obviously you could do, like, an old school list, or you could do a new gen. Yeah. But I was just trying to do a couple of people that I thought were, like, you know, like good. It was a healthy mix of, Who, of people. One one thing, because I, I always get flack for this if I don't, like, talk about the women. But like, I was curious, like, wh- who's the best female rollerblader? Could be a controversial subject. Um, there's a there's a lot of good female skaters out now, especially with the help of the internet. There's a lot of lot of women in, in like South America and Europe that are absolutely killing it, and and yeah, Asia. There's a yeah. lot of Japanese girls. Um, I mean, in in the United States, China is one of the the best street skaters, or even Park. She's killing it. Uh, there's Mary there Muno. Yeah, I think that's it. Mary. Yeah, Mar- yeah Mary. Mar- 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 is is really good. Um, there is like um she's been super active and she's one of the best female skaters out there for sure. Um Fabiola de Silva, who's like an old school uh, rollerblader, she's still going and she's like I think just turned forty and she's still active, killing, teaching kids how to skate. Um so she's from somebody... Japan. 
because she was in it. the video game right she was like old yep. like you could play her in that rollerblading video game and mm -hmm. um people were saying yeah she's still about it's sick do females like the females have a different style because in parkour they used to and then it changed like you would always have there was like a female style and it often came from like a dancey gymnastics background and it was very cool it was very different it was like because we you know like all the blokes would just do big stuff and then the girls had this sort of different style it then it's merged quite a lot now but i was curious to yeah is there like a do they have a different style that's weird it's, it's different for you i guess because because you said they come from like a dance background which would make them have a different style but i don't think female skaters really come from a different background when they start skating it's just they get into skating and that's it you know yeah i mean yeah, I, yeah. I would say if they have a, a different style it's not like distinguishable by the sex or gender it's more like distinguishable based on like the kind of style of skating you might be into yeah um mm. so for example like uh, there's a skater like martina uh, i'm gonna get killed with the last name it's like shrub uh, devova ah, okay I, I think it's, it's just like she's <laughs> yeah okay so um she's from if i'm not mistaken czechoslovakia and she mm. skates like a traditional like lot of big rails and and like that like uh kind of like early 2000s style where it's like big rails and stuff like that and that's super hard and then there are some girls that are like kay Luz, who's uh on the them team and she's been skating forever she she's like more of that oh, like she's the, cool. the, the, yeah like the fashion-y end but like also skating street like in like a more progressive way like um that's like yeah. a, a fitting in like well, the newer I, style I I had a friend who like wrote this thing. I don't know if he's put it out, but he wrote this kind of like piece on parkour and like, well, I forget the exact premise. And I don't want to butcher it, but it was something like where you're from can affect how you move and it can affect how you move in dance. So dances mm -hmm. are typically like, you'll have a very Spanish way of dancing. And there's like, you, there's like cultural, he, his, I think his thesis was like, culture can affect the movement of the human body so if you look at maybe an italian man and how he might present himself and the way he might gesticulate and then if you mm -hmm. look at say a british woman she might move differently to that to that person and it's like he he then sort of made the comparison with parkour so he was like looking into how these different yeah cultural backgrounds can affect your style of parkour because we used to always say oh that person has like a russian style it was always like mm -hmm. by nationality it would be like it was the oh, russian yeah. style of parkour there was the yeah. americans oh i don't want to throw it people get angry just saying this but americans <laughs> back in the day were known for not being good at parkour so it used to be the insult was like american style they're now sick <laughs> i'll always say that as a disclaimer but they used to not be and then it would be like yeah the mexican guys would like just do it in a different way and so yeah i just find that stuff interesting i'm very much a bit of a buff for that kind of thing no we de we definitely have that like i think you can pretty you can objectively say that there's like a japanese style 100%. of skating there would be more of a french style i think in if you bring it to the states there would be like something that would be like at least traditionally like a new york city kind of style versus oh, like cool, an, yeah. an, an Atlanta kind of style, which Atlanta has like a very specific history of its certain style of skating. And then LA as well, or SF has SF skating is it's its own thing completely just based on like the geography of like the Hills and how everything is incorporating yeah. like a hill bomb or like going down. So it like, it changes like the, um, yeah, like the, um, 
the canvas of what what you're able to do. And, so interesting, so, man. It's so and Canadian too. So you look at mushroom blading. So that's like a Canadian style, like the more parkour incorporating, you know, with a Matthew Ledoux, and then now, um, you know. Danny Beer is like own so I think I think so and that that's a really good point I never really yeah yeah I think I find like that, that I find that so interesting because I think it's like yeah it's, it's often very cultural and it's like what is your country into so like maybe Canadians maybe it's because they like have ice hockey and that's quite popular so maybe the spinning on the spot could be from like skating so like I don't know I'm just theorizing but it could be it could be anything like that and I, I really find it interesting how your area can define because it's like you speak to a New Yorker, and they are so different than someone from Atlanta, like how they talk. Yep. So mm -hmm. it makes just perfect sense that the way you would move would also be different. And then that's going to affect how you roll about it. And then it could also be things like what you're into, like as British people, we are into certain things. So like, and your architecture, that was the one you tapped on. So like British architecture defined a complete style of parkour mm -hmm. and it's yeah it's interesting and americans have more of like a trick heavy style of parkour like lots of flips and that's because a lot of their spots are very just flat so and spread out so in part uh, this yeah this is the kind of point so in england our architecture is so mushed together because we're, we're such an old nation and we've built on top of each other for so long mm -hmm. so like london is the worst place on earth to drive a car because it's like designed for horse and carriage mm -hmm. and we've just whack some roads there and so like all our things are like built on top of each other whereas like america a bit more planned out a bit more laid out and a bit more spread out so mm. when it comes to spots you haven't got these walls that are close enough to jump between because they're so far away but if you did a few flips off of this one then did a, a cartwheel into another flip and then now you're here then you can do a flip off that one so your architecture massively can just define how you use it no absolutely and yeah. um and just uh yeah it's for example, like the you're saying, and I could see this a lot with parkour, like especially in Fr France and England, like everything's it's so old, it's so close, and building on top of each other, so it provides a certain aesthetic, and also certain obstacles being close to each other. Um, I think if you could relate that in, that in the states, it would be like something like New York City would be the closest version of that. Um, that's yeah. why, like uh, the first grind, it's 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 fascinating because the first grind in rollerblading was actually done in California, but. A lot of people like refer to New York as like the birthplace of street skating because they it would be like the place you can skate spot to spot and be in like this urban environment that maybe like the places in California you would drive to the rail or drive to the skate park or drive to a spot and kind of just skate there. Um, but I think I, the Bay Cities actually had this experience as well. But like New York City and like the Bay Cities had the experience where they got to skate from place to place uh, at the skate spot. So that would really help like develop their skating style to be a certain uh, way because they were like actually yeah, yeah. having to um, kind of just be more, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but it's just like a, like a jazz player would be just like very on the whim, like, oh, that's something to skate. That's something you can skate or something yeah, like this. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, that's something in parkour. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have that same improvised approach so that's a thing i really like about rollerblading is that you'll i'll stick my headphones in listen to music and cruise around and just do what i see as it comes and that's mm -hmm. so new to me because mm -hmm. when you do parkour there's it's not based on momentum so you're stood there looking at something you go oh, shit i could probably vault this and land on that wall and so you're looking at it you walk up to it you eye it up and then you go back and then you run at it whereas rollerblading depends how you do it i'm sure but like rollerblading you can just be cruising around a park and then try something and that that feeling of like I, to me it's more of like an in the moment thing 
Whereas parkour, there's like elements of being in the moment where you like do this one thing and you have to be incredibly present for that. But in rollerblading, it's kind of a constant thing, especially what I do is mainly at the park. So I've not like done street skating, so it might be different. Um, but that's something, yeah, just notably different is that feeling of just flowing and like constant motion as opposed to standing, looking at something and then doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that makes sense. That's, uh, it's so fascinating. Like I, I, it makes sense, like how it would have to be premeditated in your approach too, like very like well thought out and planned out, mm -hmm. um, be more conducive in that area. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> do we, do we lose Jimmy? I think he froze a little bit. Oh, did we lose him? Jimmy there? Maybe, maybe I'll come back. <laughs> Hopefully, Hopefully he comes, he comes back. back. I, I didn't even get to talk about, um, the one question I had for him after all of that, we just went on like a tangent of completely different. Oh, we lost yeah. him for now. Uh, He's, he'll yeah. come back shortly. He'll, he'll dial in. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, holy moly, it's two hours and 20 minutes of this show. And I, I feel like I could keep on talking to him forever. What I would do is I would order some food and put up right here and just eat and keep on talking for like another two or three hours because it's, uh, I feel like we, there's so much to talk about. And it's really fascinating for us. Like I, I, I know some people were asking, oh, who is who is Jimmy as he's not like, uh, you know, historically been in our uh, community, but it's yeah. he's done like a lot of fascinating videos like with uh, with rollerblading. And it's really cool to get the outside perspective. I feel like so much in skating, uh, at least uh, in the past, like we've been kind of just within our own perspective a lot of the time. And it's really cool to get like the outside perspective. Oh, he's back. Welcome back. Oh, you're <laughs> muted. <laughs> now we can't hear you. No, I got it. You're back. Okay, we got you. Cool. Um, <laughs> we bet, so, we bet. Yeah, sorry about that. Nice. So we, we, we want to get to the questions uh, that some people laid out forth on our Patreon and, and we have here. But Austin, you had something specific you wanted to ask, Yeah, right? I, just, I just had one point. Um, I, I'm curious how much this relates from parkour to, to skating because I, know, I learned this from one of your videos and it's similar to us how we never really had like an official name for what we do it was like aggressive inline. And then we didn't like it. It was inline skating, rollerblading, but that's kind of not really it. And it's like blading, yeah, yeah. freestyle rolling, whatever it is. But I, I learned from one of your videos, it was pretty similar too, because it was parkour, but I guess people couldn't really pronounce parkour. They started calling it like free running or all these other names. And is there like an official, is it just parkour now? Like if you guys decided on this, how did you guys decide funny, on this? Yeah. How did that you guys decide funny, on this? Yeah, it's yeah. like part of like your identity of what you do. And as skaters, rollerbladers, yeah. whatever you want to call us, we still don't officially have it. We have names that are somewhat right, I guess. And yeah, yeah. I'm just you curious. Lot, you lot should have just went with rollerblading. Like you should have swallowed your pride and just went rollerblading. <laughs> you think so? It, from like, from like, uh, just my opinion, but obviously, <laughs> but yes. like from like uh, a third person perspective, it's just I think it is just seen as like known as that. So if someone says it, it's like, oh, rollerblade. Like you just kind of know. Or people do say roller skating, but skating is obviously the, the eight wheel things. But I don't know. I think it's a strong name, rollerblading. And I think aggressive inline is too wordy. You just want something punchy and straight to the point. And um, you, the uh, other thing that you got to think about is what's the, I don't, my English terminology is not very good, but like the plural, is that what it is? So it's like, well, what's like an individual who does rollerblading? A rollerblader. What's an individual that does aggressive inline skating, aggressive inline skater or something like that. So it's like too much. We, yeah, it's a bit much, man. It's like, oh yeah, I'm an aggressive inline skater. Also having the word aggressive in there is just a little bit like, mm -hmm. all right, dude, chill the fuck out. Like, yeah, <laughs> cool, cool it. <laughs> it's like, oh, so what's a skater? Like, is he a chilled skater? Like, you know, what? it's a weird, it's a weird thing to put in there. 
Um, but yeah, I think Rollerblade is just a good name. But that's my opinion. So, yeah. How did it come no, up? Uh, I, I was going to say I, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I just I just think the one point of contention or pushback among maybe a few would be that you know other companies it's it's like calling like hot sauce tapatio or something like that like you know what i mean like roller it's like directly relating to like one company winning off of that being the identity you know so oh yeah Yeah, yeah. q-tip and and exactly so so i I think i think that would be the only but you know what like you said, it's like at this point you can't even like fight it. It is what it is. Like, and, yeah. and it's just about so like my perspective. My perspective, just to give you like uh, the sort of rationale, is that I'm I'm I have a marketing background, so my whole knowledge of stuff is from marketing, and I always just think like marketing first because you just don't want to make it harder for people to like understand something like just the simple thing always wins out. So I know I get the opinion. I get it. Cause you are just promoting a brand by even saying that. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It just sort of works in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like parkour to answer your question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So parkour yeah, it's such a convoluted fucking thing. So it's like, <laughs> there's parkour, there's free running and there's le at de placement, which is like, the same fucking thing but for some reason they try and act like it's something different parkour and free run has more of a difference so parkour you could it, it makes sense it's parkour is a to b in the fastest time possible whereas uh, free running is a from a to b in the stylish most aesthetically pleasing way possible so they are definitively different uh motivations for doing it so it's like skateboarders they skate street or park but they do it to look cool and have fun but then someone who's longboarding is doing something distinctly different for a distinctly different purpose so there is some something in that so in the early day early days it was like they are different like people did train it differently but then over time people would just stop being dicks and they just like looked at each other and were like actually what you're doing is cool i'm gonna try a front flip and then the, the guys doing the flips would look at us and go oh, it's kind of cool how you land on the wall and stay on the wall as opposed to doing a flip on it. So we all kind of like squash the beef. And then now parkour and free run is kind of considered. And I, I hate this way. It's so wanky. It, it's a spectrum and that we all lie somewhere in the spectrum. Mm. You get some people that are more parkour, some people that are more free running. Um, so there's a, it's a way of explaining it, but really people tend to, this, this is the, where there still is a point of contention is what is an individual that does parkour. Um, so that, Tracer, what I don't know why the fuck, but for, for some reason in the early days they called them traceurs, which is like a French <laughs> fucking word. So it's like that's confusing. So why do you call them that? And no one like I don't want to be referred to as a tracer. So none of us refer to it as a tracer. No one used that phrase unless you're just a bit of a wanker. You might use that phrase. And then um so over time it was like okay, what are you? And so people were like, I'm a parkour athlete. It's like that's that's pretty bold. You're an athlete, mm-hmm. are you? You're just hanging out with your mates, <laughs> jumping on, on walls. So it's like parkour athlete is one people said for a while, but uh, it doesn't really, I don't think it works. So I use the phrase free runner because it's a, a good plural. Like how I say like rollerblader yeah. is a good plural. Mm-hmm. Um, but then some people are trying to store like the biggest team in parkour. We're trying to push the phrase parkourist, which, uh, I don't believe in. I'm not team parkourist. I don't think it sounds right. Like parkourist just, it sounds like a tourist. Like, it doesn't yeah. sound right. And That's what I thought yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, just, it just, and the other one, parkourer, 
sounds like a pakora, which is something you get from an Indian takeaway. So it's like, it, we, we haven't got good options, man. But I think free runner works. But some people will argue I'm not a free runner because I don't do flips. So that's, it's a conundrum, much like yours. Wow, that, that's crazy that you're able to relate with so that. It's like, it's, it's so funny to hear like the, these similarities and like the conflict of like an emerging uh, subculture, like struggling to define itself. Yeah. Like we are this and then the conflict in that. And then just like the nature of like human, like in like just the nature of humans, just having to have like a conflict or an enemy or like yeah, stand yeah. for something. I stand for it's just, yeah, it's very Austin fascinating. Them, it's like, yeah, you're in the group. We're out the group. It's like, why are we like that? <laughs> I've yeah. heard it's because we, we often define ourselves by what we're not. So like, like, yeah, you, you, you'll sort of think, well, I'm not that I'm not this. I'm not that. So that's, I think that's apparently a psychological thing that we do. Like mm -hmm. I I'm yeah. So it's a weird way of looking at it. So you would say, Oh, I don't do flips. So I'm not a free runner. And then, so that's where that kind of us and them thing. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, then it, it sort of spirals from there, but it, yeah, it's, it is interesting. And it's like, I don't think it's settled in parkour, what you call a parkour person. I, I still hear parkour athlete quite a lot. So that's quite common. And I hear free runner quite a lot. So I'd say it's that, but at the end of the day, they're usually doing the same thing. So mm. it's confusing. Like tricking had it right, man. Tricking just named it sport fucking right. Cause a tricker, a trick mm. person who does tricking is a tricker. Mm. Simple. There's no arguments. It's just like nice and simple, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. a weird one. It is I funny. Mean, like rollerblading and parkour. Yeah both in what it does what it looks like and what it is similar and mm -hmm. semi-similar history elements and like sort of similar squabbles so it's like you know sort of separate at birth man yeah and anybody who's <laughs> starting a sport or like uh any kind of subculture like this please figure, figure out, out the yeah figure out the name first <laughs> yeah, before yeah, you yeah. start getting other people doing what you're doing figure out the and name don't first. call your brand the thing because that's it if the rollerblading company didn't call themselves rollerblades <laughs> they would have probably got away with it yeah, yeah right they had to copyright yeah, the word and yeah, and you was, know it, it's tough because like that was a dick move <laughs> for, for, for at least <laughs> with rollerblading it's like it's ultimately skating right like because it's like t like skating ice skating take away the ice it's skating right mm. but sk skateboarding became such a big thing so skateboarding is just like this mm. behemoth massive cultural phenomenon that's just like infiltrated every market whether it be music or movies film everything art yeah, yeah. and they are like there's no way we could be like well we're actually skating so we're we're actually skaters yeah and you guys are more kind of skateboarding <laughs> and pushing a skateboard but like that you know that's 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 like a that's like a even worse than David and Goliath thing. So we just got to like kind of kick back and be like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Except, you know, the door, this like mansion where you're fucking, you know, exactly. Like, that's exactly what <laughs> it is. Me, Sarah. <laughs> Actually, we're skaters. Oliver Twist yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, we are like two and a half minutes in this podcast and I'm having hours. a blast with it. Yeah. Two and a half hours into oh, this podcast, but I feel like we should get to some of these questions. Yeah. Let's do uh, that. That's, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Sorry, man. I can really just chat for a long time. No, it's, so it's, it's good. Me too, man. We, we, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to get to great the... chat with you guys, honestly. 
Yeah, no, awesome. honestly, it's good. I was about to say, like, you know, New York people and uh, UK people are good at chatting. So put, put them in a room together and you get a long podcast. But it's been a great yeah, chat yeah. so far. Definitely. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to the favorite New Yorkan. Sorry. Yeah, New no, Yorkan. Just... <laughs> by the way, I love when yeah, you say New Yorkan because I never heard that before. New Yorkan. How do you say it? It's New, York. New Yorker. <laughs> New Yorker. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You kind of like blend the middle. Yeah. My favorite New Yorker. Uh, other That's than a weird I, question. <laughs> yeah, maybe my maybe my brother Tommy is my as far as like famous New Yorker. Uh, it's that's really tough. Um, that's insane. L- Lou Reed think. was pretty cool, and um, you know Ghostface Killer is pretty good too. <laughs> oh, I like Ghostface. Yeah. Fuck yeah, yes. I, gotta well, I was gonna music. go for like comedians, but yeah, that's that's a good way. I was gonna say even like Bill Burr is great. I mean, Bill Burr is from Boston. Okay, this is all get uh, we get a bit George hairy. Carlin. Come on, George Carlin. George Carlin. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I did yeah. not know he was a New Yorker. Yeah. I, to be honest, when you say New York, I just think all of those kind of areas. Yeah, <laughs> so the whole like northeast. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's probably similar. Right? But they we're will very, kill me for saying that. So we're very similar, but very different as well. Like. I understand that completely. We have very similar attitudes and the way we act is very similar from like Boston to New York. That's why we get along so well. Yeah. But well, like in England, you you pretty much divide our country into North and South. So it's like the Southern people and London, London is kind of its own bag, but it's like the South and the North is the difference. Whereas I think in America, it's state by state in it. So someone in like, yeah, uh... I'm not going to try and say words just in case I get something wrong, but one state is different to another completely in the same way our North and South are probably different. Yeah, it's pretty true. Yeah, especially like I think, um, you know, like I have a lot of friends from the UK or, or Scotland and uh, or Ireland as well. And they have like a very specific take on uh, like the American attitude. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I think in the Northeast is, is like a bit it's a bit older. So it has like those distinctions closer. Like, you know what I mean? The, there's more distinctions in the shorter uh, ge- geographical space. Yeah. But the further out west you go, the more I think there's of like that traditional American identity where it's like, you mm. know, big parking lots, Walmarts and like all, all these other things. Oh, yeah. But um, I, I so- think English people are jealous of Americans. That's why we, we say we don't like Americans. I think so, too. Because <laughs> I think we're honestly, I think we're envy. Like, just, like being honest, I think what it is, is that Americans are so confident and they love themselves. Whereas British people, we're quite quiet and we often hate ourselves. And so it's like, we look at these Americans that are like, yeah, look how cool, look how great we are. And then we're really, we just want to be that, but we just pretend that we hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that actually makes sense. That answers a lot of questions actually. But yeah, that, that, I love that, Americans, honestly. No, no, I get, I, I had that, I had that theory too. It's funny, like you had like, uh, yeah, I had like some friends from the UK and like or Irish friends, and they're always like, "What?" I'm not gonna even do the accent, but they're like, <laughs> they're, like they're, you tried. You st- you got the toe, you second. got the note, and you're like, "No, I'm off." <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. But um, they're, they're basically asking like, "Why um, why do like so many Americans say they're Irish when they're like five percent Irish yeah. or something yeah. like that?" Yeah. And, yeah. and I think even though that's not the reality of the situation, that might be like the perspective of the situation. But again. Mm. I could see that coming from some deep jealousy and I don't blame them. You know, we got California. <laughs> I mean, you guys have to deal with winter. We could, 
we could just get it, get the hell away from that for a little bit. So I, I, I understand it. I understand it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, when when push comes to shove, put an American and British person together, they'll get along. But they yeah. just, they'll pretend they don't. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. we <laughs> I think have... Americans tend to like British people though, like just off the bat, they don't yeah. have any sort of yeah. We 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 don't shit on you guys like you guys shit on us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys, we used to be the empire. We used to be the top yeah, dogs. That's what Americans it is. Did it You're like the skateboarders. We're the rollerbladers. You're the skateboarders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will yeah, say, I, I will say this. Just... Americans really like the style of speak that people from the UK have because yeah. it's just like a really like playful way yeah, with the language. And I don't think, uh, like you said, we're a bit of a younger country, so we haven't had the language as long to play around with. And like my buddy yeah, from like yeah. who, who's a Londoner, like I'm always like learning new words and slang words from because yeah. you just always yeah, with something. Yeah. That's new, a cool so. thing because we have a lot of like uh, just different ethnicities that come to, particularly London. There's so much sh- like shared language that changes because mm-hmm. it's such a small place. Like the language gets shared. So there's a there's a style of English that's called like multicultural London, and it's just how people talk now so like it uses a lot of like patois and stuff so we have yeah we i think british humor often i was thinking about this the other day like a lot of british humor is very like word play so like you, you, your mate might say something and then you think of a funny way of like reiterate like spinning the way he said it because one of the words could mean something else and so like that's like a we like sort of funny word play a lot of the time and it's, it's interesting you kind of pointed that out <laughs> yeah um yeah, like I said, like my, my my friend uh my friend Leon, like every time I hang out with him, I feel like I'm like learning a new uh a new word or a new slang word. Every so time. I, I, we 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 definitely we definitely look up to to that because it's definitely fascinating and cool. So he's a cunning and linguist. A, yeah. Yeah. Uh let's get into these questions though, because we have yeah. a ton of questions. It, we're gonna it. we're gonna get to the Patreon questions first. If anyone watching live has a question for Jimmy the Giant, uh you can super chat us. Uh, half the proceeds go to our guests. So keep that in mind as well. Let's get on to these Patreon questions. First one is from Patrick O'Sullivan, who says, as a social media, quote, professional, how would he suggest we use social media platforms to better promote rollerblading? Yeah, I think so. We were talking about that one. Yeah, I think we touched like, on um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's a good question, though. Um, but I think it's like there needs to be... So Air Dolphin does a really good job. Uh, there's a few people. Air Damon F., does it again damon franklin mm. but yeah whatever it is yeah so like they do quite good stuff where they really lean into the format of the platform they're on so it's like if you're filming for instagram or tiktok and you want to be big on that you have to film portrait so like if you're filming these wide screen stuff and posting it on there or like square ones i get why you do that because you're used to filming widescreen or if it's to promote a youtube video i can kind of see it but really you want to be making the most of like the full screen like if your phone, my phone screen is fucked. But yes. like if you if you're if you're like uh, <laughs> if you're posting clips that are that length, right? Say you're posting a widescreen clip, it'll come out like there. If you're posting a square, it'll come out like that. If you're posting like that, it's going to be full screen. So when you're scrolling through Instagram, you're going to see full screen. And if you're using like the reels and using like the music that's popping and stuff like that, the algorithm promotes it. It, j- it just looks better. So that's one thing. And just make things short and punchy to the point. So like on Instagram, it's probably not worth having like a, a long intro, like just get to the point, put some, like Bobby does it really well. Bobby's reels are great. So like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, Air, uh, Air Dolphin does really funny ones and they're really cool because there's a lot of personality to that. That's a lot more relatable to like outside people because you're bringing in a second element. So like often how cultures become popular, it could be anything, but they often have like a bridging element. So like 
I don't know, you could have skateboarding as a thing, Tyler, the creator music, and he embraces skateboarding. People can embrace the music. And so it's like a bridge thing. So like often having some sort of other element that's like a relatable, just human thing, add that to the rollerblade and that brings people in. And then, so that's Instagram and like TikTok, which I don't really do that well. And I don't really like, I can't be bothered with it. It's a different style of content, but then like, I get, I get how you do it. So I used to work at it. And then um, YouTube is all about click, clicky titles. So it needs to be clear and punchy and provocative. So like why this does this is usually pretty good. Like just be descriptive. Usually if like, it depends on obviously the style of video, but be realistic as well. Like, so say you're making some cool video that's just you skating. That's like, you know, an edit, like a part a VOD or whatever. Like don't expect that to get the same views as like Mr. Beast video. That's titled whoever leaves the circle wins $1 million. Like don't expect them to do the same because one of them is very niche, you know, whatever you've titled your rollerblading video. And the other one is very, descriptive so if you want to do the descriptive stuff you're going to do better so if you did a video which is like bombing i hit a hundred handrails in one day on rollerblades well one thousand one hundred handrails on rollerblades in 24 hours challenge that video is going to do a lot better especially if you have a really good thumbnail it's very clean and simple don't overcomplicate the thumbnail by like putting loads of shit in it just like keep it simple and like just gripping looking and that sort of thing is going to do better so it's sort of challenge videos or like maybe explainers on some sort of piece of history or something like that those things are going to do more better they're going to do better because they're like there's that thing of what i'm saying there's that bridging element so it's like there's rollerblading and then there's a story that's quite an easy thing to like bring to an, an average joke uh, and so that sort of thing that's that's probably the best i could explain that i think you got to play the game pretty much now. You got to play the fucking game and be realistic. Like your, your video titled, I don't know. I'm trying I always do this with parkour. Like think of some wanky when I, whenever I have the same spiel with free runners, I think of some wanky title we used to title our videos, which would be like, um, the sun will rise tomorrow, 2012. <laughs> and it's like, well, no one's going to fucking watch, like watch that. Cause yeah. I don't know what the fuck, I don't know what you're on about. It could like, be anything. So yeah. It could be fucking anything. And like, yeah, when it comes to editing, keep it punchy. Don't put stuff, don't be self-indulgent. Like if it just needs to tell the story and like, just think about the person watching it isn't you and your mates. It's like a random person that's clicked on your video. So yeah, don't, don't be self-indulgent and like, yeah, kill your babies is another term people use when it comes to editing, like kill your darlings. So like, don't think a clip's too precious to get rid of. Think about the overall story more so than this one piece of footage you really like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. well said. A lot of good, lot of good cool. tips and yeah, advice in there. Good advice. Uh, we have a question from Will Hardy, also from Patreon, who says, I would love to hear his previous opinions of the sport as a true blading outsider who is in the action sport community. Also, what are his opinions now that he is more aware of the sport? Huge props on this one. Something out of the box, I'm sure, will be really interesting. So opinions before I was into it, uh as i was sort of saying like i don't i didn't really know it that well i had a few so like the only one i, I can think of now matthew Lado and uh daniel Abaka, and it was just like i don't know yeah what did i sort of look at it like it seemed like maybe a fitness thing maybe a little bit it was like i pictured rollerbladers as like guys that were kind of 
guys, but like people that were just like going for long rollerblades down like the sunset, hmm. like boulevard. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but like that's kind of what I think I thought it maybe. But then I knew there was like that kind of street skateboarding style of it. But I think I just thought of it as more of a fitness thing. Um, and then, yeah, now that I'm, at, yeah. So I didn't really understand it or know about it. And when I had seen it, I thought it was cool, but nothing really like gripped me other than the parkour stuff. Um, but it didn't seem like something I wanted to do, I think. Um, and then over time, now I'm in it. What was the second part? Like, what do I think of it? Like, uh, now that you're more aware of the sport, what are your opinions on it? I think it's so exciting because it's like um, underground and it's like got a defined culture and the culture is very embracive and it isn't bickery. Like, I think one of the things like I was sort of mentioned it with parkour is like, I don't know, it just felt like people just got a bit weird in it. And it was like, it was sort of a arguments and shit that didn't need to happen. And uh, rollerblading might have that. I don't know. But from the outside, it doesn't seem as as often um, that that sort of shit might happen. So it just seemed like a cool, interesting community that was mature let people do their own thing, let people think their own thing and approach the sport how they want to. And again, yeah, just like this sort of underground thing. Like I've always been one of those annoying people that like stuff when they're like, you know, there's only a couple of people doing it. And then when it gets big, I might, I might not like it as much, but like, mm -hmm. I think that is something that is interesting. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just the stuff people do is insane. And um, yeah. So I'd say that's probably my, yeah. To answer that question. Cool. Yeah. That's really interesting hearing someone's outside perspective, even though you're kind of inside now, but still hearing both sides mm -hmm. of it are really interesting. Uh, we're going to do one more Patreon question, then moving on to the Super Chats for people watching live. Um, last Patreon question is from Danny Keyblade, who says, Hello, Jimmy. Which extreme sports have you not tried yet, but are on your bucket list? Thank you and Happy New Year. That's a good question, because I mean, like, when you say tried, it's like I've had a skateboard and like I've had a BMX. I sort of had a little go at skateboarding um, a few years ago and I got okay. Like I was able to drop in, I was like pumping ramps and stuff. I was, I was enjoying it. Just never really stuck with it. I think cause it's like so hard to get anywhere with the tricks. I did just burp there and I tried to conceal it. But, that was, that was <laughs> but <laughs> so like I learned how to ollie and, and stuff. And yeah, I don't know something about it. It just didn't keep me. So I tried that. I would, I'd give it another go, though, for sure. BMXing, I I would. I had a BMX as a kid. I never gave it a proper go. Mountain biking is one that I've done a little bit of and I would like to do more of. Um, I know it's slightly different because it's not like a street action sport, but it is an action sport. It's not an extreme sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to try unicycle, but with no, like, no intention of doing it for a long time. Like, I'd like to just go hang out with someone and do it for a day or two. But like, it wouldn't be something I'd want to get into um, properly. But um, what else is there really? When I think, oh, skiing, snowboarding, never done that. Never ever. No done way. That. That's a good yeah, one. Never done. Yeah. yeah, we have like a snow dome. Like, is that, I think that's the American phrase for it. For like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, snow dome. And it's like, snow dome. Yeah, freaking gnarly, dude. <laughs> like, <Hell> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I> it. <laughs> I think I think I would try. I think I'd give that a go. I'd like to do a proper holiday for that. That'd be sick because you can go to like the Alps, <clears throat> Switzerland, and all that sort of shit. Yeah. So I've been wanting to do that. Yeah, I think that's about it. I think I, I can't think of others off the top of my head that we count. That could be a cool uh, little work trip. Go to the Alps. Uh, yeah. 
my uh, yeah. first week on some skis or snowboard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's this dude called Steep Steep who's like blowing up on YouTube from this game called Rise Republic, and we, we're friends. We like chat now and then, and um, he he's like proper Canadian. Like he's the funniest dude. Like I when I was younger, like that's the thing when we like talk about different cultures. I didn't really understand Canadians. Like, I didn't really. I just thought thought they were like, you know spicy americans i thought they were like you know, yeah colder americans yeah yeah, yeah that's probably yeah better way colder. <laughs> they're like i thought it was like that but like they're so funny like their sense of humor is fucking hilarious yeah, it like, is. He, he calls his uh <laughs> he calls his like skis twigs <laughs> i can't do the accent but when he just refers to them as twigs like yeah i got some new twigs bud it was like <laughs> just fucking cracks me up and so i want to go hang out with him and go yeah go ski and do that thing like the whole thing of doing a do a sport in one week is a sick there's a there's loads of youtubers that do that a guy called mike shake and like i i want to do them more because they do well and i enjoy it so yeah yeah definitely skiing i'd like to go canada for it, i think that's a fun one too it's different from all these other things too as a winter sport so it's a little more specific that'd be awesome yeah yeah uh we're going on to the super chats now we have a first super chat from stefan brando who asks uh, well, he says, big fan of Jimmy's channel, Starro, and Team Fat. Does he hey. look at spots differently now that he also has started rollerblading? That's really interesting. Oh, so I recognize Stefan. I think we've spoke of it. <clears throat> so hello. Um, do I look at spots differently? So to be honest, I really haven't been doing parkour much lately. It's winter. Um, so it's the worst time ever. And I've just had like, I don't know, I've just done it for so long. And I'm, I made so much content on it. When I come across rollerblading, I was just like, I just want to get into rollerblading like deep and then like I want to re re approach parkour in the summer because I need to sort out some stuff with like my ankles and my knees that for some reason don't hurt when I rollerblade but do when I do parkour so yeah I haven't really done a lot of parkour since but I could imagine I can imagine I've been looking at spots like just driving past because you know you always do that thing even if you have like taken a break from the sport you always do a thing where you just see, you just see yep. stuff you're like that's a roof gap. That's like this. And so I do, I spot more stuff for rollerblades now because the town I live in is a very American style town um, with the one, the only place is Milton Keynes in England, which is like the only place in England oh, yeah. that has a grid system. It's designed off the American system. Uh, like, hmm. yeah. So we have like H and X and H roads or some shit. I can't remember. And um, yeah, so it's very interesting because it's always been shit in my mind for parkour like i've always just there's a few things but it's always like that kind of if i i've always said this if i was an american here i would do really well doing parkour because there'd be so much flipping potential because it's all laid out it's all spread out but because of my flips aren't like amazing they're okay but not that great it's been a bit shit for parkour but then since getting rollerblades i look at my town completely different like a stair set is nothing in parkour like that's just a thing you go down towards a spot like it's not something you look at as a thing but now it's like a stair set as a as a, a thing like it's like oh i could jump down that because there was this one that's like a i think it's like a five flat five and i was like if i really gunned it i could probably get that it's like a big one but it's again it's that thing of like well I'm, i could literally do that on my shoes so rollerblades for long as long as i know how to land i'll be all right there's also like rails rails aren't rails down a stair set is again not something you really look at in parkour you might do but yeah, so it's sort of seeing stuff and slopes and like stuff like that. So if there's um, uh, even just a little ledge, like I'll see like grinds before there now that I wouldn't have seen before, but like sloped walls can be a thing in parkour, but now it's more like, oh, that would be really interesting on rollerblades because you could sort of go up it and down it. So yeah, I definitely see a lot more rollerblading stuff now because it's just, there's a lot of things you can't do in parkour that you can do on rollerblades. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get to take advantage of both kind of now. Yeah, yeah, aspects. definitely. That's yeah, awesome. I'm, I can't wait for summer for sure because it's been so crappy. Like, <clears throat> it's been so crappy this winter. Like, it's so cold, so wet, and just not been able to do anything. So, yeah, summer's going to be cool for that stuff. And I, hopefully I'll be better by then. I'll be good at, like, well, all right at rollerblading. <laughs> yeah, you got some time to train in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be in the lab cooking up. There you go. Perfect. Uh, next super chat from Grivo, who says, love this. Happy to have caught it live. Love Jimmy's content. The algo truly knows what I like. So not a question, but just showing some love. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate hey, that. Hey, big up, bro. Hell Appreciate yeah. That, yeah. Uh, we got a super chat from Trig from Ireland, who says, this is very interesting. Know any deaf athletes? Deaf people do move differently, I think. Very interesting. That's a really interesting thing. Yeah. Do know any deaf, deaf athletes? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, like, so when I started parkour, there was a guy called Max, and I feel like I would have remembered how to sign something if I had a better memory. But, like, I remember he was um, deaf, but he could, like, read, yeah, well, I think most can read your lips. Most deaf people, I think, right. know how to do that. Or, like, I think, that might be wrong, but I don't know, but he was really good at reading his lips, and I was very surprised to find out he was completely deaf. Like, I knew he was deaf, but... I didn't realize it was completely deaf because he could really understand you very well. Like it was never a sort of like having to act different or anything. It was very natural. So he, I can't remember him having a different style to doing parkour, to be honest. I think it was just like it, training was with him was a bit different because you had to obviously get his attention. Um, so you'd have to be in front of him. So it was just like that. But he, I don't know. I think he had like a very, ah, now I think about it because this was literally like, probably 13 years ago he was like very into it in that like he was almost in his own world with it and that was quite cool because it's almost like when i go rollerblading with headphones in i'm in my own world with it because i'm not hearing anyone talk or like anything so like i guess he was probably able to like tap into that quite well and just be really focused in because there's no distraction so i did notice that like he would go and do stuff off on his own quite a bit whereas the rest of us would be at like one thing um, so yeah, I've not had too much experience with that, and I don't know anyone now. But yeah, he he was cool, man. I really liked him a lot. He's a good guy. I got a picture being deaf and being really just zoned in, like you said. That's like the perfect way to describe that. Like probably super focused person. Yeah, and now I think about it, actually, this this could just this could be a reach. But he, uh, I remember he used to land fairly heavy. So like in parkour, that was one of the things why you don't often hear people or see people wear headphones in parkour. It's it's sort of like a little bit. I just remember people saying, don't do it back in the day, which was again, it was like everyone had their this is how you do parkour. So that could have been totally wrong. But like it's the sort of thing in parkour, you're really trying to listen to how you land. So if you land really thuddy, you could do a sick jump. And if you landed thuddy and like slid out, no one would like applaud you. They'd be like, ugh. <laughs> you would literally hear vocal like oh <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like because because you what it is you kind of like yeah you gotta be smooth and you kind of know how that feels like when you land dirty you're like you're you're, you're it's like that guttural like oh shit like that would have felt horrible so um i noticed he was a bit heavier with his landing but then he was a bigger guy he was very muscly so like maybe it was that but yeah i wonder the relation to impact taking and control if it if you if he, having hearing helps that because that was the argument in parkour it was always like yeah don't wear headphones so you can hear how quietly you land but i don't know i think you can't feel it to be honest like you can you know when you've hit heavy that's super interesting interesting yeah yeah that was a good question i like that one mm-hmm. yeah that was got me thinking man. yeah we just have this one's no question but it's a super chat from Stephen wolp thank you so much for the support Stephen. 
And we have one final super chat from Sean Michelson, who says three of my three of my favorite skaters of all time are Walt Austin, Rory Mellahan, and Colin Martin. Would love to know your first reaction to them, especially Colin. I don't know if you're any familiar with any of those names. They're nah, very specific. I don't people. know any of them. I <laughs> usually like when people say names, I usually like might have heard of it, but I've not heard of any of them. Yeah, these. Walt was like a bigger name, I guess, if you want to say, but Rory and Colin, um, they weren't like huge, big pros. So you probably wouldn't have seen them if you're newer to the sport, but really extremely unique Collins. I mean, both of them are, all, I mean, all of them, their styles are ridiculous. Colin Martin's style though is truly different from, I think probably anybody else who skates and he doesn't really? incorporate parkour, I wouldn't say, but he does incorporate a lot of unique movements to it. So. Yeah. Unique movements. I would have... How would you find some? I mean, you, you they all have YouTube content? videos on it. They're, YouTube. Yeah. You know, those are. Because okay, I tried typing in his name, but it's like, there's maybe one video. You so definitely could have YouTube. Team or something? Um, I mean, you, there's definitely got to be YouTube videos of, of them on there. Was there a video called Grombe? Grombe. Uh, he had a few tricks in there. I don't think he had a section, did he? I could be wrong, but he definitely had clips in there. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll try and right, well, leave some. Stuff. Leave some if, if you're watching this. Leave oh, some in just, the... Yeah, I just what. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, he's done this thing where he goes up a wall and then he's like nose manual down. Yeah, I'm not going to try and explain it, it but it looks we, sick. We, we yeah. can't even explain it, so don't feel bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really <laughs> unique and really awesome shit. And you probably get a kick out of, out of watching people like that skate also. Well, it is very cool, actually. I'm watching it now. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, I love the just different approach to it because i do i really do love the kind of like hammer big stuff just it's always yeah when you're new something that's always the kind of interesting thing but of course i do love seeing people that have very different takes on it because it's just like it's, move, it's seeing the human body move in it a fascinating way and so it's cool yeah it looks sick i'll definitely check him out a bit more we have one more super chat that I snuck in last minute so um this one's from andrew rice who says used to be an mk rollerblader back in the day Check, wait, bus wait. check bus station ledges and and the court rail for old iconic spots. Have you checked Billy's gaps? Oh, big up, man! What? That's sick. I reckon it's, if I didn't say the word Milton Keynes, that wouldn't have, he wouldn't have put that in. So you know, I made you guys a bit of money. I made us all a bit of money today with my Milton Keynes shout. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's sick. That's sick. Dude. That's a drink. I was um, trying to figure out yeah. what MK meant. Milton Keynes. Yeah, Milton sense. Keynes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MK. Yeah. So Buzzy is like, a, I don't get it, right? It's controversial. It's a well-known skate park in our area. It's undercover, and it's I like skated that one. Well I, I, you made a video oh, skating it, right? There. I've been there too. Yeah, I've, I've skated there. What the fuck? It's like a I long marble edge. Yeah, what? What? Yeah. That's crazy. What? Where? You got content of that? Or is that? Just... Yeah, I, I I filmed some stuff skating there. It must have been two thousand five or six, maybe oh, two thousand seven or eight, around there. Yeah, a while ago. That's it. Yeah, I heard. I'll find it and send it to you up. just just because it's your. Sorry to cut you off the Zoom. Does it? But <clears throat> I'll find it and I'll send it to you just for the town because there was a bunch of skate things that happened in that little plaza in Milton Keynes. Oh man, that's cool. That's sick. I might. Uh, I should do like a video if I ever got good, like trying to attempt legendary rollerblade stuff that's happened in my town. That'd, <laughs> That'd be, be sick. That'd be really yeah, sick. Yeah, I mean, the thing is. It's gonna be impossible for me to do it, <laughs> but you know, it'd be cool just to like fuck around with it. Maybe if I learn how to soul grind, I could just like just do loads, spam loads of soul grinds on like <laughs> the spots. But that's sick that you've been there, yeah. So like Buzz, Buzzy, I don't really get why it's so popular, like famous popular, like in skateboarding it's popular as well. 
um it's fun but it's very like minimalist like i don't i don't really understand it but especially for rollerblades there's like a couple of ledges but i don't know people i, I i've always said this though it's the sort of place when you're good it's probably really fun because you can just focus on like hard grinds and shit but it's literally it's like one big flat thing one thing over here that's flat with a little raised bit and then like a little corner piece that has a another thing the guys bring their own stuff like they bring some ramps and stuff and then they'll bring like a rail to add to it but i don't know i don't get why it's so popular but anyway yeah milk is i like going there just to like work on my soul grind but it's cool it's so busy as well like oh we somehow don't have a good park like they've never built us a, a proper park and this is like a big city it's, just, it's the second well it's not the second biggest city in the uk but it's, it's a big city and um yeah somehow we don't have a park and yet you go to buzzy and there's like 20 30 people there on a busy day quite often and it's not incredible so i don't get it but yeah milton Keynes is cool i i do think like i was saying because it's quite american i've seen a lot of like stuff that i reckon would be really good like when you're good at it there's a lot of handrails a lot of staircases for that stuff but then also just like there are intricate things you could do so you could do lots of styles there so i'm enjoying it so far but again just needs a proper skate park because i have to travel like an hour to a, an indoor skate park it's a bit peak mm. yeah winters are tough too with that can't really mm. skate wherever yeah. you want it's kind of rough but yeah we've we've come to the end of the super chat and the questions jimmy the giant this has been awesome this has been an amazing talk one of my favorites so far i think everyone in the chat oh, okay. is loving it awesome um before we go is there anything you want to say uh, before we, we take off here? Um, uh, yeah, just thank you for having me, man. It's like, yeah, it's insane to come into a sport and post a few things and people that are like legit, sick, respected people in the sport be so welcoming and embracing. So it's been awesome to learn so much about it in such a short time. I'm sorry that my knowledge, like for people watching, they're going to be like, ah, the fuck do you not know this shit? But like, you know, it's it's sick to... Yeah, just be welcomed into a sport. And it's, I find that I just think it's such an exciting thing. Like, it's so exciting to find this sport with such an interesting history and, like, an interesting culture and just be legit as a sport. So, yeah, thank you very much. Much respect for everything you've done. And big up. Thank uh, yeah. you so much. Awesome. We love what you're doing too, man. And uh, you know what? Great. Hope to stay in touch. We'll talk about some writing stuff. That's cool. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, 100% yeah. down for, for that. Sure. Be wicked. Sick, man. Jimmy. Great chatting to you guys. Awesome. Thank Peace. You. Take it easy. Everybody Take stay care. tuned. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Ciao, ciao, ciao.